All right, we'll work on it. It's okay. Life will go on. Carson Weekly is here in for Griffin today. It's sort of a trial to see if he's uh, going to be able to be a backup producer around here. Lost the perfect game early. That's but okay. that's okay. Even if you give up a leadoff single, you can, you can still th- you can still put together the next a twenty-seven good start. guys out and had a great start. Maybe one of the greatest of your career. Good morning, it's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. Yes, Carson Weekly is here with me today. Is uh, Griffin? I don't know where Griffin. I honestly don't know where Griffin is. All I know is he he texted me yesterday. Said I'm, uh, I'll be unavailable in the morning. I think he's going to L.A., but I think maybe he had a graduation to go to first or something. I don't I don't remember. I gotta be okay. honest with you. I don't remember everything. But I know at some point he's going to be in L.A. because he was talking about going to a Angels game, I think. I'm not sure. You know what? I probably should pay closer attention. I probably sound like a jerk right now. He's just but busy. What he's busy. That's all. He's not here is the point. You know who else isn't here? Making a nice habit out of not bothering to show up on time. Wins the championship and all of a sudden I feel like I feel like it's a personal disrespect. Like, I don't think he would do this to somebody else. I think it's like a Glenn. And so at some point I feel like I have to say, nah, sorry, we had to bump you. That's the way it's going to have to go. Now is he walking in right now? Today's show brought to you. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, we, we had to have a meeting earlier. Uh, today's show is brought to you by, that's what he comes in with. He comes in, drops off his coffee, and disappears. That's what we got from him today. It's brought to you by A.J. Michaels, expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels heating, A.C., plumbing, and home performance. Will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. AC season is here. New rebates and discounts are available more at AJMichaels.com. Yes, Drew with us for the first hour of today's program. Later on in the show, T.T. Bowens from Bowie. Uh, as we make our weekly trip to the Bay Sox, he's been red hot since he got called up. Uh, was in that weird year where there were only five rounds in the draft, and so he had to sign players after the draft in 2020 because of the pandemic, and he was one of their undrafted free agent signings. And has shown a lot of pop, but also a lot of strikeouts, which has been part of the problem. And, you know, gotta you, you can only have so many of those guys. Thankfully, he's since he's gotten to Bowie, starting to show a little bit more consistency. It's a small sample size, but we're going to talk to T.T. Bowens. And then later on in the program, Jim Bowden, of course, former MLB GM, now with uh, SiriusXM, The Athletic, CBS Sports. We'll talk to him. He was raving about the Orioles over the weekend on MLB Network Radio. I happened to hear that and uh, also get some thoughts about what may or may not happen at the deadline. We'll do that with Jim Bowden a little bit later on in the program. So all of that coming up today. Obviously, a heck of a night for the Birds last night. A really unbelievable win. It's a a hell of a sport, baseball, right? You can go from having probably your worst loss of the season to having maybe your best win of the season in the span of 24 hours, which is truly remarkable uh, as the Orioles looked lifeless for much of Nestor Cortez's outing last night. It looked like they couldn't do much of anything. He wasn't so nasty after all. That's why we bring him in here. you got to open that up. Oh, for God's sakes with you. No, no, no. Who is this guy? That's, that's Carson Weekly. Settle down over Carson, there. Carson, you, you got to have this open. Yeah, you got to probably. For the talent. What is For the talent? When's that showing up? <laughs> <laughs> when, when, are we, when are we getting some of that around here? You got it right here, dog. Yeah, is that so? You might want to bring Drew up slightly, Carson. You might want to. So bring me up. Right. My voice is really up. low. Um, 
Yeah, what a game that was last night, man. Holy smokes. Uh, Kachuk. This dude has right. scored so many goals, so many <laughs> huge that. goals for He Florida. has, actually, is the crazy It was part. unbelievable. Well, so I, wasn't, I didn't watch any of that because of the baseball. Yeah, I don't know if you heard. There was a baseball game last night. It's May. I understand You that. watch hockey. Well, Unless you're in Philadelphia. <laughs> well, these, been, these have been pretty great series, so I can understand why it is that How you funny wanna... is it that all the – well, no, the, the Celtics yeah, the won Celtics the other won night. Game. Other than that, yeah. it could have been all four sweeps. Yeah, it's and nuts. It, and it, it's nuts. ten days off between yeah. the start of them and – Well, I think the NHL has – Yeah, they don't care. They'll, no, just, they'll just start the they, Stanley Cup yeah. finals early. I don't think they set a Make date. the ice and let's yeah, play. Tor- uh, the NBA said it's going to be next Thursday, no right. matter what. And Vegas is up 3 nothing on Dallas, yes, right? Yes, correct. They could finish that off tonight, too. Um, but yeah, getting the baseball team. If you, well, yeah, they they are, and that was a little shaky for a second. They're getting the baseball. Got, team. They are getting the I baseball team. They're gonna have three sports. So here's Drew doing the bit where he's just he'll just go wherever he wants to go. He's just. Well, what else are we gonna talk about? Well, I mean, you started talking about the hockey. I was gonna mention if you didn't see it, Kachuk. I was about to call him Keith Kachuk, right? Because that's what I do. Kachuk. Yes, Kachuk. Scored with four seconds left, uh, power play goal to lift the uh, Panthers to the Florida. Stanley it's Cup unbelievable, final. right? Like this is up. They're I'm trying to remember the Blues when the Blues won. Well, the thing seven that, years ago, they were twelve points out of the playoffs on Christmas. Right. They finished as the eight seed. Were the Blues really the eight seed? That they year? were. I didn't remember them being the eight. And seed. And they ran year. through everybody. Right. Correct. And won. Monsters. They beat this Boston. Is, this is very similar. So very Florida, but even was, more impressive because Florida can't lose. Well, they, now they can't lose, but they were down right. three. People have already forgot yeah, they, they were, were down three lo- one to Boston right. in the first series. Right. They were and they, won two and two in Boston. Correct. It looked like they were just going to be what every other eight seed is in the playoffs. And now, since that point, they've lost one game. Miami played in in the NBA, and and, and they're in. That's the. It's nuts that it's both Miami, right? <laughs> Like, they played in to get in. The two. Uh, imagine being a sports fan in Miami, and you're going into the playoffs. Well, there, like, are, there aren't any. I understand that. Right. That's, imagine if there were one. Right. 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 I was going to do it. Would you? How much, imagine <laughs> how much reveling you'd be doing right. if with, you with your one you friend. liked sports. <laughs> Correct. I was going to do a bit this week where I was going to say, imagine being a Wizards fan. Then I had to say, imagine if there were Wizards fans. Like, start with that. Right. Imagine. Somebody said to me once, oh, "You think there are any Wizards fans in Baltimore?" I said, "There aren't Wizards fans in D.C." How are you going to find a Wizards fan in Baltimore if you can't find one in the city that they're in? It's impossible. Does, if this person does not did exist. Did you see the thing that the Titans did when they go. released the schedule? <laughs> yes, I did. They should do that in D.C. with by just going up to people and going, name three guys no, on the Wizards. Zero chance. Right. Not, there's not a chance and in put hell their names up on anyone the could name three Wizards. Not a chance. John Wall. Right. Is Wes Unseld right. still with us? Right. That would be the way that it would go. Uh, the Panthers and the Heat both sneak into the playoffs and all of a sudden become complete juggernauts. And one is already into the finals. The other one will attempt again the, tonight Did to I join them. Did I see something the other day that no NBA team has ever come back from 3-0 down? Yeah, the other, the other two leagues have had it happen. The that's NBA has never had it happen. But it's never been like this. This is the only thing that's unique. And I say it's never been like this. Typically, a team ends up down 3-0 because they l- lose the first two games on the road so if they win game four they got to go back on the road right it doesn't normally happen like this, like this does the boston's cr- back home now it creates they, a, now it's three two right now they got to go to miami play for their life now it's three three and then they go home and, and win because miami chokes y- right you lose right. at home or you lose in boston tonight and all of a sudden you start to feel it a little bit you start to sure. feel the we're not going to be the team that blows a 3-0 lead for the first time ever right like right. this is a little bit more interesting 
than a typical scenario where a team down 3-0 wins a game and you're like, okay, that's cute, you didn't get 100%. swept. It would have been that way. if, For example, if the Lakers had somehow won game four, then they would have just gone back to Denver to get their ass, you know, right. their brains beating in game five, right. and that would have been that because LeBron James had to play 48 minutes in game four. He would have been, you know, nothing. Are they really five. trading him? Does anyone really want him? Why would they trade him? Would it? It was all over the there TV. Was, there was, oh. I mean, you know, people God with nothing else to talk about. Correct. Uh, would Golden State be a good fit? I'm like, are you insane? I mean, he he's still a very very good player, but he's, like, who who wants to who wants to? By the you know, it's really reproduce funny. Reproduce their whole team for him. That's the the question is if what would you have? Because if you had to give something up, no, there's no world in which you have to give something. up. I mean, I'd give up if, something, but I'm eh, not giving up anything of value. Eh, if he decided he was done in L.A., if he just decided I don't want to be here anymore, you know, in two Taking years, my talents to in two years, I'm just going to sign Detroit, where, right? Where I'm just going. Right, thank you. Right. I'm just going to sign wherever uh, they draft my son. So you know, what the hell, this thing isn't going to be. I want to spend one year somewhere else. Now that would be cool. It'd be cool. If but they played I, together, it would be. Dude, coo- that would be cool. It, it would be cool. I'm not saying it wouldn't be cool, but at that point, you're talking about 40 year old LeBron James, and like, I don't think people realize. Is this kid that good? No, yeah. that's the part about he might be a first round pick. So are the ball kids, and they can't play a lick. That's fair. Right. <laughs> Actually, that's dynamite observation from you. The kid stinks. Actually, no, the kid in Charlotte's pretty good. He's all right. No, the kid in Charlotte's good. The other one, obviously, was not. But the kid in Charlotte can play. LaMelo Ball is, is good. I don't even remember their names. Uh, Lonzo was the first one. Lea- I don't know what happened. Where is LiAngelo? They, uh, he had a brief stint with Charlotte. He was with LaMelo like, in Charlotte? Uh, yeah, I think he had a 10-day. Really? He, he got in one of the games, and I think he airballed three. Oh, good. Yeah, Lonzo's just been hurt. There you, you know. go, Doctor Basketball over here. There you go. That's why we brought him in here. <laughs> oh, Carson. What's your story now? Let me. No, get this we done. don't need to grill. No, where do you him? go to school? I like, got things to talk about with we, you. I met over. I met you over the winter. I go to Ole Miss. I'm summer now. Obviously, I'm gonna be oh, a senior nice. next year. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss. Yep. Yeah. I went to Loyola, though, so you're not Pretty, gonna like that. Which Loyola? Blake. Yeah. Couldn't get into Coward Hall. Huh? Blue one. Ah. Testing, <laughs> testing too hard that year for you. They do make those tests hard. Yeah. I understand. You didn't get into Coward Hall. Ca- Miss. Hey, wait a second. I didn't you, get into Coward Hall because Coward I got Hall. accepted into Glen Burnie. Right, that's a great point. <laughs> Fine. My grades were good enough. I got into Glen Burnie. Fine Institute of Higher Learning. Now, exactly what do you need grades-wise to get into Glen Burnie? <laughs> Just grades, right? <laughs> if you get any. I brought them up. I said, here are my grades. The guy goes, let me see. You got six classes. You got a grade in all six. Yep, there you, you go. You start September 8th. I'm I like, believe the test to get into Glen Burnie is, are you currently on meth? <laughs> you better watch yourself. <laughs> can't say that on the air. <laughs> oh, I can say whatever I want to say. Old Miss, by the way, in my did you say old Miss. No, Old Miss. It sounded like Old Miss. Oh, maybe I did. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of things said on the on the air recently <laughs> yeah. that didn't sound. When, when we were in Indianapolis, right. when we were in Indianapolis that one night. I think I ran into Old Miss. Yeah, you sure did. <laughs> um, uh, prettiest girls in the history of pretty girls at Old Miss. Uh, what's his face? The country guy had a tough night at Ole Miss recently. Oh, Morgan. Yes, uh, he yeah. did. That guy, did you hear this story? Yes, he no. did. Morgan Wallen? <laughs> that guy, Morgan Wallen. What did he do? Who's, by the way, I'll never understand that fame because his music stinks. Okay. Um, That's like the Beatles. Go ahead. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> it's the first time Morgan Wallen and the Beatles have ever been used in the same sentence. Oh, for sure. So you've accomplished that. This guy was playing a- He's a country music? Yeah, he's a country guy, and he was okay. playing a concert at the Ole Miss football stadium. Okay. So there's, you know, 80,000 people or whatever going to this concert. 40,000 of which can't figure out why they're there. They, they Well, I, I don't know why anybody was there. Right. He gets drunk the night before. He okay. goes out in Oxford. Okay. And is still so messed up the next day that they 
didn't cancel the concert because they were just hoping that like he would piece it together, recover at some point. He never recovered. Ten they minutes before he's supposed 80, to eighty thousand people <laughs> show up. They had all the opening acts play. They're like just desperately hoping the guy will sober up at some point during the day, and he never does. And ten minutes before the show, they say, "Go home." Oh my god! Yeah. And it was a, no. it was like a double. Uh, so he did Saturday night and like sold out the stadium and did the show, and then Sunday was the one that they went canceled out, and went out. People were got, livid. And that's well, and wait a minute. And how so do you get. The show's the next night? Yeah. Yeah, was it like 8 or 9 the next night? How do you night? get that drunk that you can't? I mean, These are white rock weight? stars. They go out until like 6 in the morning, man. So you get up, get up at 4.30 in the afternoon and go sing. But you would think that. So the the word. I, oh, my Lord. Uh, so at first they tried to say it was like his voice. They're like, oh, yeah, he's, right, got right, right, he's got problem. a stomachache. And then all of the people backstage were like, no, he's effing hammered. Oh like, we, he's here. He's not in the hospital. He's here. He's just incoherent. Oh, my God. There was, like, a picture of him going around from, allegedly, from backstage, and it was just him just, like, face down on a couch. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was just such, this is the state of him right now. I don't oh think God. he's getting welcome, on the stage. Welcome to Oxford. Wow. Welcome Funny. to Oxford. Hope you had a good time. I don't know time. how we got onto that, but yeah. anyway. Well, because he's from Ole Miss. Oh, right. um, uh, Orioles had a nice win last night, obviously. Um, I, 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 it's a, such a weird thing that this is just, all you can say after something like this is it's just baseball. Like this happens in baseball, and it, in a way that it can't happen in what any. What happened? All with one out. I forget. Was it uh, all one out? I think it's the f- start with a walk. Was Mullins? I thought was the first. The strikeout it happened with one out. All of the uprising happened with one out. So you right? say. Or so not? the home. When did Frazier's home run? I think there was already an out. I, I think. But yeah, maybe, I, go maybe back. I gotta go back. I and think there it. was. Maybe not. Because it was a Santander walk that like started the. So I'm going to go I, right. I'll go back and relive it. Here we go. This is from this is how it all played out last night. Okay. So the Orioles are down 5-1, lifeless. I mean, other than the Mount Castle home run. Nothing. Nothing. Just absolutely zero going. I think there was the one inning where they had two walks and got two runners on base, but just an utterly lifeless effort against Nestor Cortez. And it looked like they were still hung. Speaking of Morgan Wallen, they nasty up there in New thank York. Thank you, thank you. I knew knew you were waiting for that. Um, it looked like they were still hungover from the last night. It looked like right. what happened on Tuesday night was still impacting the Orioles. So yes, Santander walks. No, there w- there were no outs. Okay, there were no outs yet. Okay, Santander I was walks. Hockey, then so. Hayes gets the hit, and then Frazier pokes the ball off the foul pole, and all of a sudden and this one like, hit the foul pole. Yeah, well, the last Unlike one, Nate the last McLeod. one did too. The last one also hit the foul pole. This one was a bit more obvious. So all of a sudden, it's a one-one game, and you're like, oh, "We're okay." We've got this a lot, is, lot, lot this of life is, left. This is interesting. So then, thirty minutes later, it's nine five. Correct. Right. They bring in uh, Cordero, and everything comes unglued for the Yankees. Everybody goes up there and just starts slapping base hits through. And um, you know, Gunnar Henderson has the huge double to put the Orioles in the lead, and they end up winning the game of the year. Six. Uh, he's actually been, tra- you know, on a he's, pretty decent trajectory. Yeah, he's late. hitting two hundred four now or whatever. Yeah, he's and he rolling. was hitting one fifty. He's so rolling. That is significant. Yeah, and tonight, uh, Clark Schmidt pitches for the Yankees, and he went two for three off Clark Schmidt last time. So there you he go. Him. He's got that going for you. That's that's why. Who we keep is him. this guy? I mean, come that's on, why man. We don't embarrass him. He's ready. He studied don't today. Don't he was ready. To, he was like ready this. to go for. We don't even know who Clark Schmidt is. He was studying earlier. There'll be no more embarrassing of the talent. Um, the big moment of, after all that is then you you put in Michael Givens for whatever reason for a third Who's straight stinks. game. Well, I mean, I don't know if he stinks. I don't think he's quite ready to pitch in a right. third straight game. Right after he just came off DL. 
And I, I like everybody was crucifying Hyde for not leaving Bauman in after Bauman had such a quick inning before, but we've seen this before in baseball when a dude sits on the bench for 30 minutes, that on especially on a cold night. But if you guys saw the shots of Mike Elias, it wasn't a pleasant night in New York last night. Typically, managers say we don't want to throw that guy back out there for the next inning. So you're thinking in a four-run game, it's a safe spot to bring Michael Givens in. That wasn't the case. Danny effing Coulomb is hero of the day coming in did i bore you i'm sorry did i bore did i bore you i'm getting messages i'm I'm around the rectory at the same time i'm doing this so we got people coming in for food you can't make it you can always just say i need the 250 bucks that's a great point that's a great point what do you want me to do gonna do well money's money uh danny coulomb is the Orioles' savior as they uh, hang on for which i can't even believe you said that it's it's unbelievable isn't it but that's this is baseball this what happened last night I know that you can have incredible things happen in other sports, but something like that last night can only happen in baseball, where you go from the worst loss of the year to suddenly being saved by Adam Frazier and Danny Coulomb for maybe your best win of the season. Frazier's been a nice pickup. Frazier has been a nice pickup. I mean, a definite upgrade over Oder. Thank you. Yes. For sure. Yes. yes. Definite upgrade over him. Well, I mean, he's he's done what – he gave you what Odor brought you. He's just more consistent. The Odor thing was – his Every number, fifth game, he does something. And it would be big. Right. Every fifth game, he would deliver maybe a... Maybe that. Maybe eighth game. Whatever but it yes, was. But he, would del- he had a knack for right. stinking and then all of a sudden delivering a massive hit. Right. And Frazier has done that. It's just been a bit more frequently that he's done right. it. He's, oh. a, he's a... I don't want to say Odor isn't, but like this kid's a real ball player. I know he's... When we got him, everybody's like, oh, Adam Frazier. He, right. He's a real baseball player. No, he's, he's really legitimate. He's really like, offered you. He's not well, an all-star that's the thing. or anything he's, like there's that. There's a but, limit to it, 100. percent right. There's a limit to it, and it goes back into the conversation about where are you going? Who is your second baseman ultimately? The only true second baseman you have in the system is Norby, but Norby's the guy that you're hoping you can sort of use in a trade because he's the least thought of. You know what's weird of about that kid? Prospects. What's his nickname? Who? Connor Norby. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where we're going with this, so I. I well, you I'm can't. gonna I'm gonna regret it immediately. No. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Nor Norby. That's that's his nick. That's what I'm saying. Like, doesn't that sound oh, like okay. like Norby? That's what you would call somebody named in baseball. Nobody's allowed. Like, to if th- the guy's last name was Norbalender, right? You'd call him Norby. Norby. Exactly right. That's a baseball thing. If his last name was Norber, you'd call him Norby. I don't, I don't know how you felt. Now about he's this. called Norby. I was never. I, I don't. I don't do not ask me why. I've never, whenever I've done an event with Bill Ripken, I've never been able to call him Billy. He's an adult man. His name is Bill. I can't do it. I got another name for him. Yeah, F yeah. face. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but but Norby. I understand. Thank you. Now that you're was calling a, him Norby. Boy, boy, I don't. We were doing well for a minute. We were talking baseball. It was a whole thing. That's boring. You want to talk about golf, don't you? That's why you can't that was it. exciting. Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com, is here with us in studio. We'll talk more baseball once he's gone. We'll get back into it. He wants to talk about golf. I wrote today. I wrote all about baseball today. Did you? I went through the 30% mark of the season. Here's a little snip, little snippet on every team. Oh. Dude, the A's are horrendous. They are, well, yeah. I mean, what you know what the record they is? going to be? What do you think the A's record is? You know right now what the, what the record is? I uh, don't, but they've, they've won... 12 games. You wish they won 12. 10, right? Is it only 10? Correct. You know, they, they got to host uh, Houston and Atlanta, too. Well, they're, they're 10 and 41. <laughs> what do you, what do you, think about this. They don't have any players. Okay, think about this. They're 10 and 41. They're 30% of the way through the schedule. Right. So they're on pace to win 34 games or whatever. Yeah. I hear you. 
I hear they you. Have ten wins. I get it. I get it. It's a but wait, I mean, what are you? It's a disaster. It's an unmitigated disaster. They don't have any players. How funny would it be them. if they went like twenty four, the whole year? <laughs> Like, like, funny with that like the seven and fifty nine. How Charlotte embarrassing Bobcats. is it to have lost a game to the A's, though? Correct. <laughs> you should almost be relegated at that. Ten point. and forty one. That's the way it goes. All right, uh, go find that at DrewsMorningDish.com. By the way, how about the big news of the uh, week? Nate Shelley out. Uh, what do you mean, Nate Shelley? Who's out? La- did you watch last night? No, I didn't watch. Oh, last okay, night. I was like, what about last night? All right. Well, I was going to talk a, about I'm it. A date, with you. No. Well, it's quite obvious. Nate the thing out. that I told you. Was going to happen is happening, like yeah, that's, sure, sure. You sure. always knew the way well, this you know was going to happen. He's going to come back on their staff now, mm-hmm. and they're going to beat him. They're going to beat Rupert in the championship or the playoffs or whatever. Right, right. And then, dude, the the, the Nigerian league owner guy has is one of the best characters in the history of TV. So he's that 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 actor is Sam Richardson, uh, who is on maybe the greatest show of the last twenty years, a show called Detroiters that nobody watched, and I'm furious about it. Right. That guy is amazing. The first the first time when Sam went into him and mm-hmm. said, "I I'm sorry to tell you, but I'm going to stay with uh, FC Richmond," mm-hmm. and he went into that you. <laughs> no good. Yeah. You worm yeah. eating. Yeah. Like when he went into that yep. whole thing for yep. that's similar to the last scene of Training Day. It's really good. It, it, it's really very good. similar to the you should, Sea World. I, I should have told you you had to watch before you came. Out I know, but I, I should have told say you. I'll watch it tonight. I'm a Thursday night watcher. Wednesday night's tough. Problematic. Tonight. You know, next week's the final episode. What day are you coming in next week? What? Yeah, you didn't know. Next that? week's the last yes. one. Yeah, that pretty pretty massive moment Start at the end of this episode. Up here a little bit. Pretty well. We don't know for sure that they're not going to attempt to continue the show in some way. I thought Jay. I saw Sedakis. We're pretty sure would not be involved with it if they did. Like that's we don't know that they they might. I not. wish that girl that ran the Indian restaurant was going to have her own show. Well, she's lovely. I don't I'd disagree watch, with I'd watch that. that. She's a lovely Lord. young lady. We're in agreement on that one. I want to punch right. that Keely girl uh, right in the face. <laughs> You just gets on my nerves. You can't say that, Drew. You're not supposed to say those things. I'm talking about in theory. I understand. Just don't say it. I'm talking about really punching her. I was going to do an ad here, but I don't think any of our sponsors are going to be that statement. She's on my nerves. Next week. So when are you coming in next week? Are you doing Wednesday or Thursday next week? I'm actually, I will have to do Thursday. All right. So this is the deal. You can't come in unless you've watched the episode. Okay. All right, we're not going to do this next week where you're like, oh, I haven't seen it yet. No, no, no. I'm not allowed. I'm going to be away. I'm playing in a golf tournament in Pittsburgh Tuesday and Wednesday. I'll be back Wednesday night. I'll watch it and I'll come in. All right, I'm just saying, if you haven't, we're not. We're kicking you out of the door. We're going to have a person at the door. Carson's actually going to come in next week and he's going to be checking IDs at the door and it's going to be, have you watched the episode or not? And if you haven't, then you're not allowed in. Okay, okay. All right, uh, make the comparison for me. We had the Turkey Bowl go this year. Let's Go ahead. Uh, there he is. That's Go our guy. You know, you know how. Drew Forrester. Drew's one that's actually a good guy. answer. Just acquiesce. Yeah. Just right. that's a good yeah. answer. You watched yeah. it. There's yeah. no reason to. I like this. But maybe kid. you ask him how it went the year before. I like. Uh, no. Maybe say, I like that. Maybe you say how'd it go. Pipe down, Carson. <laughs> I like this. I like <laughs> this kid. You like him? This is one of the rare. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you want to say hello to this I like morning? All, I like all those. I like all those. I like all those Loyola kids when they sleep. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's our guy. I'm kidding. Make the uh, comparison to me. Michael Block doing what he did. Make the. Oh my God. It would be like a you know, college tennis coach qualifying for the U.S. Open and beating, you know, Andy Murray. What's what what 
make a comparison for me as to what that is in another sport. I mean, I think that's a a good one uh, only because it is it's realistic. Like it's not realistic for it's not realistic for you. And I don't even say you or I because that that it's not realistic for someone to come. Maybe off not the, for you. I'm no, I'm talented. It's not realistic for someone to come off the street who's a softball player and get a hit off of Justin Verlander or home run. It's not realistic for... But, but what I would say is, is is it really off the street? Would the comparison be you're a career minor leaguer who, you know, you, you at 30 you finally you know, are given your crack through and no. you have a massive month or something no, like that? No, this is... I would say this is far more of a testament to the... This is far more of a testament to the level of play. There, you have th- kind of three different groups of people. You have these PGA Tour players who have their own sort of segmented, you know, compartmentalized echelon, if you will. Like you've got a group of guys making a nice living. Mm-hmm. You got a group of guys playing a lot of really good golf, making three and a half million a year, winning a tournament here and there, and then you have the top. 40 players in the world who are ungodly wealthy right, correct. and who are winning and getting all of the spotlight. Then you have this group of others in the in the country who play on the Corn Ferry Tour and the Canadian Tour that are in the that are in the thousands, let's say. Even though there might only be 150 guys on the Corn Ferry Tour, the other 850 could beat those guys in in golf on any given day, mm-hmm. right? You have that group then you have this next group of this guy, Michael Block, and another 50 guys like him in the country total who are really extraordinary players, but who, for whatever reason, in their golf maturation, n- never got it to click for them at the, at the top level, at the okay. upper echelon level, right? And given a chance somehow that it's – wildly inconceivable but given a chance they then show and it it isn't tin cup was a movie but it's not all that dissimilar to what they try to do with tin cup which is to take this guy who was a great player who had a a a kind of a homemade swing which this guy sort of kind of does who is happy playing a hundred dollar nassals with his buddies and traveling around Northern California or Southern California and playing golf for money, you know, playing golf for money, making 150 bucks, giving lessons, he's happy doing that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden gets this opportunity to go play in this event that he earned. And what's incredible is that he did it at that golf course. More than anything, people have no idea how difficult that place played. It's one thing if he's playing this week at Colonial. Short golf course, 6,600, 6,700 yards, and he kind of navigates his way around that. That's one thing. Right. This place was a beast. So it's really a testament to to him and how how good he is at 46 years old. And I don't know. I don't. I mean, your college coach, your college tennis coach thing is a pretty good comparison. Like. I'm the tennis coach at Maryland. Mm-hmm. I used to be pretty good at tennis. Right. I I had a shot. I at being, played. Right. I'll make this name up. Right. I, I played 
Jim Courier once. Right. And um, I beat him a set. Yeah, that math doesn't work anymore, but I, I understand you know what, what you're mean. saying. Right. right. I, I beat Michael Chang or whoever it is. Like, I beat that guy in, mm-hmm. uh, when he was here and I was there. But, you know, I'm no good anymore. But I'm 37, and I thought, yeah, what the hell? I'll enter the U.S. Open for kicks because my aunt lives in um, the Manhattan Hoboken, now, and right. I could stay yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And, oh, oh, I got through the qualifier. Oh, this mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Right. Met a couple girls at the bar, told them I was on the team, I mean, on the U.S. Open. Oh, this is kind of neat. I got a first-round match against some dude from Sweden, never heard of him before. Oh, I beat him. Like, oh, I'm in the quarterfinals. Like, this you say like, this would be like making a run to the quarterfinals at the U.S. Open. I would say very similar to that. Okay. I would say, like, if you, if you were a nondescript, off-the-street, qualified mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. not some goof who doesn't play tennis, right. like, this is not Sid Finch. This is right. like you're a legitimate tennis player, but you're 32. Mm-hmm. Let's be, you know, mm-hmm. let's paint it exactly. You're 32. You can't possibly compete with these people. But you know what's happened over the years is you've developed this really w- weird ability to hit these massive serves. Yep. You, you, the rest of your tennis game's good, but you can kill this serve, and all of a sudden. You're playing, and you're like, if I win today, I'm in the quarterfinals. Right. This, I would say that that's what this is like. Like, that guy finished in the top 15 oh, in the toughest field of the year mm-hmm. on the most difficult golf course. Now, this will be an interesting week because now, over the last two weeks, he's lived the life right. of, of a tour player. Right. He got on a plane Sunday night. He flew to Fort Worth. He got up Monday. He's a rock star. Interviews. Got to go practice. Got to try to play. Got to talk to sponsors. Can I get twenty grand for wearing your logo? Like he's living it now. Yep. He he might shoot seventy seven, seventy four, and go right back home. Sure. Like this could bottom out for mm-hmm. him. Because now he's going to find out that this isn't it isn't as easy. And, and and like on a very smaller scale, I totally experienced this in Omaha. I, I would n- I would I would not have been able to do what these guys do. Every single day, it wears you out. Every I don't know how they do it. Like it gave me a real appreciation for what these guys do, and I was doing a third of what they were doing because mm-hmm. I didn't have twelve sponsors running around with me. I didn't have you know like the stuff that these guys go through, and then they have to go play really good golf is a miracle. And you know he, it'll be interesting to see what he does this week because I feel like. The bloom is about to fall off. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. Mm-hmm. He, I feel like he's going to be. He's not, he's not really supposed to be there, right? Like, it's not the way it works. Now, uh, the, in, in the contrary part of this is he's he's playing a much different golf course this week, much more probably aligned with his skill set, much less quality field. Right. Like, do I think he can win? No. Would it be unbelievable if he were even remotely in the hunt? Yeah, yeah, sure. It would be an incredible story. Yeah, it would be an unbelievable story. Drew Forrester is here. Drew's MorningDish.com. Today's show also brought to you by... I also like that we're not talking about Kepka. Okay, well, hang on. we got to say <laughs> something about it. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. One of the things I said earlier in the week is I'm glad I don't care about golf because I can avoid having, like, somehow this becoming a pissing match about live golf. You, If somebody said to you, Drew, we'll pay you $200 to go down there this weekend, 
Where is it? Which, which course are they doing this thing at? That Colonial? Uh, the for- no, no, no. The the live thing this oh, weekend in D.C. Uh, is it this weekend? Yeah. Is it this weekend? It's this weekend. It's at yeah. uh, Trump's place. Oh, is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. They said. We'll Remember pay. him, right? Ex-president. Yeah. Well, he might be the next one. Change. Uh, the, remember, <laughs> change. Change the country. Yeah, sure did. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of change. That's what they're saying. No, I, I mean that's. What, I've heard. <laughs> that's what they're. I've saying. I've seen it with my eyes. <laughs> a lot of change. They're, they say he changed the country. A lot um, of yeah, change. they're playing at his place, which, by the way, is. This is just now a nerdy golf golf opinion. Yeah, it is very very overrated as a golf course. Okay, incredibly right. overrated. Oh, it's I've heard it's the most rated. Yeah. it's rated. Everybody it's says it's beautiful. Right. It's a perfect. Everybody, and you know what's uh, funny? I know you're going to laugh when I say yeah. this. You're going to find this shocking. Yeah, it used to be called Lowe's Island, and the, it, that's what it used to okay. be. Okay, it was a private private member owned facility called Lowe's Island. All right. It was actually. When I first played it, now I'm going back to, geez, it was, 2004, maybe? Okay. Three, four, five, somewhere in there. Um, the Middle the middle Atlantic Amateur was there. There was a significant tournament there. I don't remember what it was. And I played it, and I was kind of blown away by how good it was. I'm like, holy, it's really? kind of had this great 18th hole. And I'm like, holy hell, this, is, this place is really, really good. He bought it. Ref, you know, refurbished it, fixed it up. Now it's terrible. <laughs> like, you, I know you're shocked by that, but he he so unlike right. So he couldn't unlike just him. take. He couldn't buy the golf course and just leave it alone. Uh, so anyway, well, what was your live question? Am I going? No, no. no I know you're oh. not. I know you're not going. Right. I'm saying if somebody offered you money to go work, oh, the event, nah. would you? I'm just not that interested in it. I'm not. I'm just, just not interested in watching it. I don't. I don't I don't I just don't get the whole idea, the whole team thing. I mean, I know what they're trying to do, but what they're trying to do is sell the teams to yeah, people. Yeah, it's not going to work. But that's what they're trying. The, the hey, did you see the news this morning that PLLs officially going to move to uh, cities? Are they going to come to Baltimore? I don't know yet. We they didn't they haven't said anything yet. How could they not? Well, it's a, there's only 8 teams and it's this it's a very awkward thing. It's exactly what happened. All right. So the the the, the <laughs> national now people may not know this, right? The the hotbeds mm-hmm. of lacrosse mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. are Denver. Denver, yes. Denver is a huge hotbed. Yep. Right. Um, Western New York, somewhere. Uh, okay, what, sure. Whatever. Up there, somewhere. Rochester. Wherever. You know, right. Albany. Right. Somewhere in that upstate New York. Right. Atlanta. I don't know if I would say hotbed yet, but I can certainly understand but, why it would be desirable for them. Okay. To, Let's say to desirable. Look for right. Yes. Desirable for sure. You. It's weird, right? You you almost have to have a team down there now mm-hmm. in that area. I, and they might say Jacksonville is I, I think Jacksonville is even more of a Atlanta, hotbed, but I don't think it's as good of a market. But so Atlanta airport, you're yep. in and out, 100%, huge. hundred percent. Um All right, so you have those three. Long Island for sure. Well, Long Island, right? Okay, four. Philadelphia. It's uh, Philadelphia okay. is absolutely. Uh, there's a reason right. why the Final Four has stuck uh, there. Right, it is right. a hotbed, right. man. Um, Boston, right? Got stadium, mm-hmm. right? And you know, if Kraft wants it, every, everything goes to him. Now the question becomes: Do they want something west of Denver, Salt Lake City? I, they so they are based in Los Angeles. Okay. They have desperately wanted to make Los Angeles. I I got I got, a, I got a f- six years of indoor soccer. I, to tell you, I understand. Skip it. I understand. Skip it. 
But this is they, I get it. They they have a lot of wealthy backers. Right. I think they're going to push for Los Angeles because okay. what you're doing is la- mapping out exactly what I've mapped out, which you're left with one of Baltimore or D.C. And it's the same problem that everybody's had for years. Now, Paul Rabel is in a unique spot, right? He's from D.C. He also understands the Homewood Field is lacrosse, right? And he has watched. They got to lacrosse Hall of Fame wh- here. And like- when his te- when this thing has come to Baltimore every time, it's been massive. It's been incredible crowds. But these teams down there, like, and I'm go- I'm when I'm about to say, I'm equating mm-hmm. this to high school golf, so forgive me if I have these wrong. But these these schools down there who are lacrosse schools, yes. who, who who are athletically, you know, when you say down there, you mean DC? Yeah, yeah. Landon, yep. Um, Gonzaga, Bullis, Gonzaga yeah, sure. Prep, Georgetown mm-hmm. Prep, um, St. John's. I guess if yeah. uh, Under Armour guy continues to funnel money in there, um, are, are are those schools as good as Boys Latin, Coward Hall, McDonough, and lacrosse? Not quite, but it's close. But it's uh, okay. Yeah, it's so, close. But St. John's finished uh, top three in the country last yeah. year. But I think, like, top to bottom, the MIA is still a better league. Yeah. But, right? but, it, but is it – But you're yeah. having, we're having two different conversations, of course. Yeah, it's not like – and I'll like, use soccer as an example. Like, those teams down there can keep playing soccer all they want. Mm-hmm. They're not beating these best teams up here. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just not, like, mm-hmm. soccer-wise, right? Mm-hmm. But if lacrosse down there, if there's a balance of power – and you're Paul Rabel, and you say, "Do I want to be in Northern Virginia, or or do I want to be in Timonium?" Well, this is it's, the question is different. I mean, it's or this Sparks. It's the well, uh, no, they would they would just put the games right, at, at Hopkins at home right. with with um with it being Paul Rabel, they would absolutely just put the team at Homewood. Um, the issue that he's faced with is the same issue that faced the last league, which is, well, we like this market; it's bigger. Why can't we just be there? Whereas what you're saying is the exact answer. Right, but this is the better lacrosse market. So you have a bunch of these m- financial people, these people that don't really give a rat's ass about lacrosse, that have invested in your business. Can this thing ever make it? Well, what is make I know it? That, I know that there's this pipe dream. About, I mean, not even a pipe dream. Make it meaning, and I don't, you know, we used to do this in soccer all the time. I, I don't know what F- Frankie Kelly should make playing lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Does, should he make... $32,000 a year or $150,000 a year? And we all know what the answer is. He He's going to make whatever the TV money allows him to make. Correct. It, it isn't really about the attendance. That's nice. Yeah. It no, is that's gonna, nice. But, but I would say but it's also about... Can't, but the league can't survive and grow. I, I understand. Off, it's got to be a TV but product. But the league is also understood that a lot of this is personal branding, too. Like, the league is almost operating as an extension of the NIL concept. Which is we're you, you'll make thirty grand playing lacrosse, but you could go to Hun or whatever it's called, hundred percent, and make we're, another sixty. We want to help you lift up your Instagram, your gotcha. all of these things. Uh, I get that your profile, so that you become more valuable in the process. But you got to do the work. Essentially, yeah. yes, you got to do the work. Right, correct. We want to profit off of you, but we're I, I mean, also I always to give thought you the that this carnival profit. thing, where you travel around and then you call them the arrows and the chestnuts and the whatever you call them, I thought that was silly. Personally, I, I didn't think oh, that, I, I, I did, can I never like, worked. You I didn't can't like get me to care about that. Right. You can't get right. now I, I'll, look, when, you, nerds, when you come to town, maybe I'll go, but I'm not going to watch a single game. Right. You lacrosse can't tell me nerds might say this is cool. The right. arrows have these four players on it. Right. And the, the, well, the diggers the have this. all the best lacrosse players in the world are showing right. up in one city at one time. I get I got why the right. concept was intriguing to them. 
but you can't buy investment in me. I'm not going to watch on TV, which to your point is what matters most the following week because I don't have a team to root for. Right. Why, why would I care what the archers do against the cannons the following week? Right. I don't root for any of them. So when you're here, I'll show up because it was. I went. It was a great product. It was incredible. The atmosphere was unbelievable. The lacrosse was good, the whole thing. But once you leave, I've got no attachment to this thing. Right. It exists for me for all of one weekend, and then it's on somewhere right. else. You gotta, you gotta put them. You gotta put them in the. You know, you gotta, you gotta put them in cities. You gotta identify mm. them as, as. Yes. You, you gotta know, tell regional, me that I'm rooting, a regional component. I'm rooting for the Baltimore. Right. You know, whatever the Atlas, the Baltimore Atlas, whatever it is, right. you gotta tell me that's what I'm rooting for. And then when you're playing on ABC the following week. I, I'm, and there's nothing else going on, and I don't care about, you know, like you'll be watching golf. But once the French Open is over, if the Orioles aren't playing at the same time, I got lots of time where I might be looking right. for something on TV. Um, I'd encourage you to do more night games in order to, you know, that's the one thing about the summer is that we're, we typically tend to be outside in the afternoon. I would say maybe trying to figure this a, a way out to make there be more night games for viewing purposes would be a good thing. But no, I've, I've never been on board with that working. So we'll see. They haven't announced anything other than just. They're going to go to cities um, after this year, so we'll see how that plays out. All right, when we come back in, you were going on. You're obsessed with the Preakness attendance thing. It's very interesting. You're there was no one there. It. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about no it. No one went to the race. I, not no one. <laughs> not no one. That's incorrect. Far less than have gone in the past. That part is accurate. We'll talk about it when we come back in. Today's show brought to you by PressBox no Online. There. I just keep saying it. Today's show brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Head there right now and get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $5 bet. See this and other great sportsbook offers, again, at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Drew's here. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of PressBox is available now on the the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. And Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mmm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. 
If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline. And you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know what's on Grindr or anything, I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, back in here on GCR. Drew is here. I love that you guys leave that in the in the rotation just to have a go at Paul. It's fun. It's a, it's a fun. I love it. And you enjoy that. Poor Paul. Boy, Paul's doing fine. What do you mean, poor Paul? He's doing fine for himself. Why are you worried about Paul? Drew Forrester is here. Uh, back. Are we back to normal times this Sunday? Are you doing noon on Sunday for Fairways and Greens? I, am I, are we doing something this weekend? The radio. Are we on the air? Yeah, we do radio shows. Did you just Memorial think we were, Day weekend. I, well, I understand. Did you take off? No, I assume we weren't doing anything. Oh. Are we on the air? Yeah, we're. Oh hell. We're on the air. All right. Are you going to do a show? I, I apparently. Okay. Well, then we'll say. Jeez, was this is getting in the way of my golf? I understand that. <laughs> Maybe you plan. I'm moving to a permanent. You made me come in an hour early last. Well, week. that was good. We had a good time last week. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, Fairways and Greens at noon on Sunday. He'll be with you on 105.7 The Fan, and then Rita and I. And actually, uh, Rita's off on Sunday, so it'll just be me from 1 to 4. Uh, congratulations. I haven't had a chance to, uh, to actually talk to you about it. Congratulations, pal. I, I know that was a big moment for you. It was. How did the team manage to overcome? <laughs> they did. How'd, I how'd keep they saying that as long as I don't screw them up. Right. How'd they manage to do that? Eh, we just, you know, we, can't, we, we had a great year the whole year. I mean, we really did. We... This just sounds crazy to say. We played 14 matches. We never played. Not one time did I get on the bus and say, what on earth happened today? Like, we never played poorly. We, at the end of the year, we were involved in a lot of really tight matches. We won a huge match at Rolling Road against Mount St. Joe that we were pretty much losing the whole day. And then 9, 10, 11, 12, we came back and we won those holes. And same thing against Spalding late in the year. We were losing to them. It was very tight. And we won a few holes at the end. And, um, you know, the top four teams make the playoffs, and all of the all four teams are very good. St. Paul's good, Loyola good, us good, Gilman good. We we thought we were better than all of them, but we also know you got to go play now and prove it. And um, we beat Loyola in the first round very close. Again, same thing. Like, we were ahead the whole time, but it was always in the balance. And then um, Saturday we played great and just hung in there all the way to the end, like, you know, we we needed two putts on the last green to go in, and both of them went in. So, pretty cool. Awesome. Kids played unbelievable golf. Awesome. Kids played great golf. No, it's incredible. There's no getting right. It's absolutely it's incredible. It's hard, man. That conference is hard. Um, I'm, you know, I'm sure every conference. I mean, McDonald was the cream of the crop in, in, in lacrosse, but Coward Hall had a good year. Boys Latin had a good year. Loyola was, Loyola was the only team to beat McDonald. Like, that. The level of play, baseball, same thing. I know Spalding had those pitchers that sort of kind of nobody could hit. But the level of play in that A conference is just unbelievable how good these athletes are in, in all the sports. I mean, even bat- Coward Hall's basketball has been down a little bit. But when you go over there and you watch St. Francis come in or yep. St. Joe come in or Goretti come in, you're watching these kids play basketball. You're like, holy well, cow. Well, it looks like there's about to be a top ten pick in the draft this year in Cam Whitmore. Right. So, right. I mean, so it, it – the level of play in golf, I, it's hard for me to speak about the other sports because I don't get to see them much like in the, you know, in the spring. Um, I follow soccer a lot. And I go watch soccer. Um, but in golf, the level of play of these kids in golf is extraordinary. I mean, 
that those I walked with my five and where six. are your kids going? Do you like where are they going to play? Well, I don't have any seniors going to play anywhere. Oh, okay, but I have several juniors and sophomores and of freshmen who are if the coach doesn't mess them up is go, they're going to go play college yeah, golf right. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a level of play like in uh, the five six pairing that I walked with the other day, the last group of the day, the level of play of those four kids was extraordinary. I think there was. Over the last six holes, I think there were two two bogeys between the four of them, wow. and f- three or four birdies and pars, and uh, it's just incredible. That is remarkable. Yeah. That is remarkable. Well, good stuff, man. Congratulations. Yep, it's it good. It's All right, fun. now on, better than losing. Now on to your. I could not better figure out what you were trying to say the other day when you wrote about the Preakness. I couldn't figure out exactly what you were trying to say. <laughs> like that you want to get rid of the Preakness. That you think they're trying to tank the Preakness. Like I can't figure out what you're point is entirely i don't know if i know either okay (laughs) i i i think the race there the the horse race and you could you know we talk about this all the time is it a horse race or is it an event no it's which is it i mean it's not it's been it's an event that's what it is right so the the event there is um broken well, well, there is broken. It, the, yeah. the the event there, T H E R E, is broken. I, I don't know what fixes it. I don't know what fixes it. They they could have, and I'm you know this is all, you know, shoulda coulda woulda. They could have built a racetrack where they built the casino and the Top Golf mm-hmm. years ago when they were talking about right. building a track there. They could have done that. I don't know what that would have done. I, it infinitely would be better than that place up there right now. Okay, I think so we all know that. So nothing in sports. Are, are, right, let me say this. All right. Nothing in sports, nothing replaces a venue. I don't disagree with you, that. You, if you have a new venue, right. you can play darts in there. Yeah, and everybody and shows up because go. they're interested in it. Right. I, I get that. And, and, and but, but let me go back a step. Do you think that they're going to rip up? What they're doing? Like I know it's annoying that it's taken so long, and now it looks like it's going to be the death of laurel like that's apparently the way that it's going to go but do you think at some point that they're just going to give up that the the stronics are going to say we want to renege on what we agreed to like i i'm confused by the the plan does still exist it's just been delayed because the expenses got out of control from the pan pandemic and now you know apparently the plan is it's not nobody wants to talk about it because nobody wants to say it out loud but the plan is just what we're going to do is not the money that we had put towards upgrading Laurel. That's going to go by the wayside. We're just going to get rid of Laurel and put everything to Pimlico is the understanding. So it, do you think they're going to go back on that? Is that where you think we are? I, I would say that, that they are trying to figure out. And part of this is the fact that the, that racing itself, and there, so there is, there is a connection to racing, and the Preakness. Meaning that in the old days, the racing card started, I'll say, you know, end of March, or right? What beginning right. of April, right? Probably beginning of April, and ran through July 10 or whatever, June mm-hmm. June 25th, whatever. And you had this built in equity that 
people were interested in racing mm-hmm. for some period of time, right? And it could only be six weeks, but race results read on the news every night. You know, it, there, there was this enthusiasm for it. I understand that. That, that sort of crescendo. But that's been gone for a long time. Uh, uh, right. And so, over time, right. it's now become more about we're having this event on this day. Yes. That's all we're doing. And, and there isn't, there's no community affection at all for racing. Mm-hmm. It, there's community affection slash apathy for we're going to have this event here. The building's terrible. We want you to come out. I don't, I don't personally buy anything about the neighborhood and all of that. Because it's in the middle of the day, and I just don't think that's a big deal. Well, the neighborhood's been what it's been it, for a long time. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's I, not like but the I, neighborhood became But that. I hear and read a lot about but, people but saying, nobody wants to go in. By the, by the way, all those people, the, Come on. the moment the uh, the new arena had Bruce Springsteen and the Eagles, all the people that said they aren't go, weren't right. going downtown were right back downtown. I mean, so, it's nonsense. But the answer to your question is, I, I, and this is where I'll confess that I don't know enough about what they what they own, or more so, what the community's enthusiasm is for racing to understand if they would prop it up. And I'm just going to – I'll use Gulfstream or I'll, you can use any any place you want. Would that community, that that city, be energized if they moved the Preakness there? And and would they now get – would they get 100,000 people to pay, you know, $125 to come out so there for the day? I, I'm conf- so I, I don't know the answer to it. I, I guess I'm – where would that co- – the Stronics – Aren't moving, like they tried. They they did that bit. They wanted to move at the Laurel, and Belinda Stronic said, "You're not doing that. We're not moving." That nobody involved now. I mean, once it, so, then how do you fix it then? Well, they're gonna do a new Pimlico. That's the that's the point of all of this. They agreed to it. I mean, they got the deal that they wanted to get. the The issue for sure has been. Dude, wasn't that supposed to happen you, a year you, ago? But, wasn't that supposed to happen? Do you think that forty six thousand people showed up there on Saturday? Hundred thousand people were showing up. Forty mm-hmm. four thousand people became disenchanted about the, the track that quickly. No, I think. Well, I mean, they literally <coughs> half of the stands are unavailable. 50, uh, sorry, fifty four thousand. Like half of the grandstand, it can't be used. They shuttered it. Right. It's closed. Right. So it's physically unavailable. So now you're asking those people, do you want to go out and hang out with a bunch of college kids on the infield? No, I'm just not going to go. So you start. You can't. You can't replace that. Those sure. people are not people that are just going to go sit on the infield or stand in the infield all day. So there's a physical issue that caused there to be less people that would go to the Preakness in part. Secondarily, this is, and it's the dirty little secret that the NFL is starting to tell you now, too. They're they, not, don't, they don't care how many people they're go. They're not concerned about it. They don't it. care how many people go. Sure. They're just, I, I get that. And, and I, I even, do get that. It's, only, it's a little bit that. It's also they would prefer more of the right people to go or fewer sorry let me say that the right way fewer of the correct people to go than more of the wrong people going uh, to- totally by well case in point 15 years ago or whatever when they got rid the, of yes alcohol on the earls right 100 uh, so like right. i get it they are but you, now they're you, taking it a step further they're saying we don't really even want we'd rather our infield look like the kentucky derby infield right we don't really even want yeah, that that may be the dirty little secret. We like, we don't even care that forty six thousand people came. That's that's we sort of what it is at this right, point. Because like, the betting handle has 
increased. Correct. I would think. They want those they right. want people with money. Right. They, well, they want you to wage your I mean they do. The one thing I I, I do know this in terms of, I do know this from someone in that in that industry. Um they they are very and this goes to your point. They're very concerned about retaining and upgrading their sponsorships. Yes. They they want you to spend 150,000 on a tent. Right. Which makes up for they don't the 10,000 10, kids 10,000 people that don't come. That all are only right. there to drink. They don't need they don't they're that, that might very that. well be true. They are past concerns about packing the infield with more college kids. Right. Now, no, I, I I buy that. They, it's not that they want no one, but it's interesting because no, I, in I I think in, in what you wrote, it's funny because you said, well, the young people, Bruno Mars, Bruno Mars is not an act for young people. Right. Bruno Mars is not an act for Carson. Right. Right. He's an act for thirty-year-olds. Right. He's an act for overrated. professionals. No, Bruno Mars is very talented. Let's not do that. He's bit. Overrated. Let's not do that bit. He is. Good. But they didn't bring in. Is that his real first name? I, I don't think so. Is it? I, I don't know. I don't know that actually. There, if I'm being totally honest with you, I couldn't tell you what his Bruno name was. Bruno Mars. If his, he's, he's if very that's his real name, his parents should be ashamed of themselves. I don't think it's his real name, but we'll find out in two seconds. His name is Peter Hernandez. That's his name. <laughs> Swear to God, that's oh his name. Oh my God, Peter. No Hernandez. wonder he calls himself Bruno Bruno Mars. <laughs> ah, Peter Hernandez isn't so bad. There's worse names than Peter Hernandez. No, dude, Bruno Mars is a pretty cool. It's name. a very cool name. I agree with that in comparison. So that's what I was confused by in reading. I, like it, I, this is not to me. I, like I get it. There was far less people there. But one, how many events in this city drag fifty thousand people we, somewhere? But we we have to admit, like we do have a tendency to do this. What in Baltimore? We we do have a tendency to just stop going. Um, yeah. Let's there's be honest. There's something to be said for that. Yeah, we did it with the football team. We sure did. That's we fine. We definitely right. did it with the baseball team. Right. We sort of did it. I mean, you go back and look in the old days of the bullets. We did it. We did it with the hockey. We used to. There would be right. 8,500 people in there right. on Friday night for the no, Clippers and Providence. I hear you. Then it became 5,500. No, then I, it became 2,200. Like we 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 do do this but a lot. I don't think that's unique. I, I think you're I making it seem like it's unique. And I, it's I not don't know that it's unique. Is. I, I don't know about that. Now, you you might say it's unique. Well, I I mean I know I, I'll say I'll I know use, it's definitely not unique. I mean I, I can't I'll tell you it's everywhere. Like Cleveland would be an example. We might do something very similar to what Cleveland does. Right. But like Boston doesn't. Those people went to Fenway Park, whether or not the Red Sox were winning or not winning. Yeah, Fenway Park's also a thirty-six thousand seat stadium. I get it. Like, but those people go, right? It, like, it creates a bit more demand. This, for this is a fifty-year review, not a one-year. Like, right. we we do do this a lot. Okay, we get disenchanted and we go, "Yep, we're done." Yeah, I I while I hear you, I think once this it's ever in our happens, DNA. I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I think once this ever happens, and by the way, it's got to happen, and that's still the. Sort of the difficulty of all of this is I mean, that we took Duckpin for dollars off TV. I, that's a great point. That's a great, and now it's all over. It has been all downhill ever since right. that moment. I mean, we had Duckpin for dollars, and we got rid of it. Once they finally do get the work done, the question will be: Where Is people go? And then the question will be: How much did they care? Because the the other part of it is they've done the bit that so many people want to do. And I'll make the comparison to PLL. If you think that you can run a Baltimore thing from Florida. You're going to find out. You're going to get your feelings hurt. One of their problems totally is agree with that. they don't have a footprint here. They basically don't exist outside of the race. There is no one. Well, there is no horse racing. It's not just that the sport doesn't exist. Right. It's that there's no spokesperson. There's right. nobody to go out to. We talk about this all the time. 
It's the little things that, that nobody understands how much they matter. You got to show up at the Kingsville Fourth of July parade. Right. You have to have a present. If you aren't the Orioles or the Ravens, and you want to exist, show up in a costume, half horse, half man. That, what parade, an idea! Correct. Parade around. As much as I lost but, my but mind I, about it, it, right? How many people showed up? Right. They went from having eighty thousand people to having one hundred forty thousand right. people in one year just by having a presence, right. just by being involved in the community, just by. You knew who to call. You could talk to somebody about what was going on. They could get their messaging out that way. This group has attempted to run Preakness from Florida. They don't know the people. They don't know the community. They don't understand any of that. So the connection is gone. It's fly by night. It's we show up. We and you're always every single person that is when they wanted to put an indoor football team in Baltimore, but run it from D.C. and think that well, it's just. They'll be grateful to have it. It's, it's stupid Baltimore. People right? go to football like, games. Right. It's you're always, 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 always going to get your feelings hurt doing this. When you try to treat Baltimore like a secondary market that should just be grateful that something exists, you're always going to get your feelings hurt in the process. You can't do it. You have to run it as a Baltimore entity. Part of it, I undoubtedly, agree, right? is their failings when they attempted to, you know, instead of having Mike Gathigan to run everything here. They just said, well, you know, some guy that you guys don't know in Florida will be the guy. That'll be your connection. Who knows nothing about Baltimore? Right. Who's not here? Who shows up for two weeks and, hi, good to see you, good to meet you. That's that. They have a bigger problem. There's Can no I get you a black-eyed of, Sandy when right, you go check? Yeah, exactly Would right. Would you like a black-eyed Sandy? That's, that, that is a bigger problem right. that exists for this. They right. have failed I'll in buy that, that capacity. Now, how they fix that part of it, part of that is on the politicians here. You know, the one thing, the last governor would have never cared if the Preakness left Baltimore because the last governor, it, there is a belief among some politicians that what's best for your biggest city is what's best for the state. We all know Larry Hogan didn't feel that yeah, way. Right. He, he, he felt wanted that way it to be good for Crisfield or for Ocean City. He right. cared deeply about right. Ocean City, did not care sure. about Baltimore the same way. This governor does not feel the same way. This governor would say what's best for Baltimore is what's best for the state. But there's you got to follow up on that. You got to say, hey, it's not just that you hold the event here. There's got to be a presence here in order to make this work. And that's where I'm not sure that the mayor ca- understands that. I'm not sure that the governor. Un- I think all they see is we got to make sure we keep this event here. So let's make sure we get this moving and we get the the track upgraded and all of that. Right. I don't think they understand when they do these deals the importance of saying to the Stronic Group, like, hey, you also have to show up here. You have to be here physically. There has to be a presence for Maryland racing. I don't think, you know, for all of whatever you feel about the mayor, the governor, I don't think they understand that. Right. I don't think that they have prioritized that in their negotiations with Astronics about how this works. So that, to me, is where there's a bit of a disconnect. Bring back the Centaur, I say. You know what? <laughs> I hated it, but it worked. It for sure. Right, I gotta go to the rectory, hand out some food. Right, yeah, you go do that. Uh, uh, Fairways and Greens, noon on Sunday. We think. We think I, he's going to show up. All right. You're on the schedule. All right. Jeez. <laughs> so if I, I wish somebody would tell me. They send it to you. Do you check yeah, your email? Yeah, but now i got to open my email. I'm 60 years old. I don't That's, open my email. I, I can't help I mean, you here. Come on, here, man. I can't help you. All right, you Chase. Here. We'll see you soon. Drew's, DrewsMorningDish.com. Anything else for you? That's it. All right. I can't believe you let a Loyola guy in here. 
He's a good kid. He's hardworking. Yeah, he is a good kid. He's a he good kid. A, better than the uh, what, where no, happened to our boy? Where would he go? I said we had to have Jury a meeting. We had to have a meeting. Where would he go? I, I think he's going to L.A. this weekend or something like that. <laughs> is he really? Yeah. On the, on his I don't know. Salary? I have no idea where on he gets the money from. Grand I think the parents. I think oh, he's, he's young enough that I think he's uh, still okay. living off. Living off. I say that like I don't do that with my in-laws. Yeah, right. I say that like they're not paying for my vacation. Yeah, this right, summer. right, right. If you can get it, get it. Right. Well, I paid for Disney World, so I got to take the next six years off. Right. I said we can go on vacation again when you're 40. That's the next time I'll be able to I'll see you at the Turkey Bowl. All right, man. Maybe you guys will win again. Drew Forrest, Morningdish.com joining us in here. All right, when we come back in, uh, we will make our weekly trip to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox. T.T. Bowens is going to join us next. Speaking of Bowie, Pressbox is doing a great contest right now. You can win four tickets to all of the area's minor league baseball teams plus an Easy Pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 and a $50 gas card from Royal Farms in order to help you get around. Got to sign up right now. Pressboxonline.com slash contest. Must be 18 or older in order to win. Pressboxonline.com slash contests. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Pressbox. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley bomb, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches. And top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? 
All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Thursday edition of the program. Again, today, or actually, Stan the Fan Charles is who I want to talk about right now because Stan the Fan, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson, we're joined by Andy Dolich. We do believe we have clarity now on the uh, Oakland A's situation, but those guys had a great conversation on Monday night. If you missed it, you can find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab, go to YouTube. Oh, hello. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. It's YouTube.com slash PressBox. Why do I always struggle with these things? I, I don't know what that's all about. I have an issue when I do these. It's YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. we got to do something about that. Yo, can I don't know who I'm talking to. I, Carson Weekly, I'm going to put you in charge of this. Okay. I, I know this is probably a bit above your pay grade, but I need you to get that fixed. Okay. We, we gotta be. So now, Glenn. So we, you're. We gotta at, get it all. On, we gotta get it all. So you up. asked me. I know I gave up a, a first at bat single. That's fine. Right. You that's asked okay. Me, you're asking me to put together a quality start, and now you're asking me to come out of the bullpen. Yeah, too? both. I need you to do both things. And say I, well, well, look, I got. I got first and second sure one out heard. in the bottom of the eighth here. Can yeah, you come through? Shohei Otani could do it. Do I look like Shohei? Well, not not exactly. Not Can I hit a baseball on top of Boog's barbecue? So no, I don't think so. God, that's unbelievable. So. Um, anyway, pressboxonline.com slash video, youtube.com slash pressboxonline. Those are the ways to go about finding it. And tonight, Stan and Gary Stein are getting together with uh, Rocco DeSangro from uh, Fox 45, uh, their new TV sports anchor. Uh, that'll be a fun conversation tonight at 7 o'clock. You'll be able to see that live, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Well, that's an interesting time. That'll be right up against... Why would you want to watch the Orioles at seven o'clock? You can watch that. You can watch the Orioles after at seven thirty. Do that. It's interesting. I just it just clicked for me that that's the exact same time, and that's something that Stan normally doesn't do. So, I, maybe it's a typo, but I, that's what I got here is seven o'clock. So, check that out. Yes, Orioles will wrap up the series tonight, as uh, Carson mentioned. Clark Schmidt against Gibby against Kyle Gibson as the Orioles try to get another series win. It did not look good last night. Uh, last night it looked like that was going to go very much the wrong way, but ultimately the Orioles end up winning that game. And I said this, um, God, I was trying to, so I'm tweeting last night, just, it was almost silly, right? Like you can't believe that a game is going that way. I had the bad feeling after Tuesday night that that, had the possibility to set up sort of a, I don't know, almost week-long downfall. Like, the, the hangover effect of something like that, even for a good baseball team, can be real. The significance of what happened in the seventh inning last night, to me, goes far beyond just the fact that they came back to win a baseball game. It's that after the emotions, after getting punched in the mouth the way they did the previous night, I, I think you reset the entirety of a week with that inning. Because if they go from, you know, devastating loss on Tuesday to kind of lifeless loss on Wednesday, I think all of a sudden that can snowball a little bit. This is It's the nature of the sport, right? And like, it's an emotional sport that can carry with you. I think that did so much more than just win a game by putting together that inning. I think it completely changes the course of the next week or two for the Orioles, and you avoid what could have been a bit of a letdown within the schedule. Unbelievable, unbelievable turn of events last night. 
Time for us to make our weekly trip to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox. Our next guest has really come on since he got bumped up to the double-A level this season. He was uh, part of that, you know, the pandemic year where there were only five rounds. He was an undrafted free agent, and he has uh, shown some power stroke over the years since he's arrived in Baltimore and the Baltimore system. He's T.T. Bowens, and he's with us now here on GCR. T.T., it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Of course, man. How's it going? It's uh, great, dude. Pleasure to be here. Well, it's great to chat with you, and I imagine you're feeling pretty good. You know it's supposed to get harder when you get to double A, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what I've been told, man. But it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fun, tough game that we play. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, there's peaks and valleys. And, you know, I'm just trying to trying to keep going what I've what I've been doing and, um, and stay consistent with it. So take me through, you know, you find out you're getting the, you know, the bump up. You're going to continue in the process. What – is it just the way you felt? Is it just, hey, it's a week and you, you have weeks? Like, why is it that you have absolutely mashed since you've gotten the call up double A? Well, I mean, there's there's a lot that goes into it. And, I mean, it's, this game that we play, it's, it's very challenging. It's very tough. You have very high weeks. You have very low weeks. Um, and I think now just that, you know, I've played two full seasons now. I've learned to to not really carry over any bad at bat, bad day, bad anything. And you know, you're gonna have good weeks. You're gonna have bad weeks. And um, kind of just take each at bat, pitch by pitch, and and try to make the best of it. And I think, you know, the more you can can wipe your memory clean of you know maybe that bad at bat where you punched out on three pitches and and looked bad, and, and you know you don't carry that into your next at bat. I think that'll just give you the best chances to, you know, continuously be successful. Are you a superstitious type at all? Uh, I, deep down, every baseball player. Yeah, that's is what. That's why. Right. But so okay. I, I'm not. I'm not too, too over over the top. All right. With, so uh, so when you have a week like this, when it's clicking, do you find yourself falling into any of those superstitions? Do you find yourself saying? Yeah, I need to put the put the socks on left to right every day because it's working right now. Like, do you fall into any of it when you're having a week like this week that you've had? Ah, uh, absolutely. So I mean, sometimes <laughs> it's 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 very minor thing. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I try to keep a very consistent daily routine, no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm going zero for four, or four for four. Like I try to try to keep everything the same and 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 do the same thing on a daily basis. Um, but there, uh, there's definitely, I will take notice of, of certain things that happens, you know, on those four, four days. Um, and, you know, it, especially if it's, if it's a positive thing, sometimes it might be, you know, the socks that I wore, they might be, you know, they might be the ones that have hits in them. Um, you know, if I switch them up and, you know, I go a couple of days for over, well, you know, I keep my routine the same, but, you know, I might switch the socks up. Maybe, you know, it's like need that little bit of luck. Yeah. Or, for a couple balls to drop for you, but well, you got to tell yeah, me. So, deep down, every so what's it been this? All of us. This what what has it been in the last ten days? I mean, it's it's truly been like it's been my first week back, you know. So I, I'm really just trying to just get my feet wet. No, but like, you know, I mean, get, superstition get wise, what and, have you been? Have you been eating? The, like, what is it specifically that you've done for the last ten days? 
Uh, um, off the top of my head, you know, these last 10 days, I don't know if it's been anything okay. All right. out of the ordinary. Um, it has, I don't think it's been any, any lucky socks or anything. All right. uh, All right. I've been, I've been switching them up and, and I didn't even really take notice of it, but, but I also think, you know, it's so early, it's hard to really pick up on the superstitions. I understand. It, yeah. You can have dog days. Get another couple weeks in. I get it. I get it. I completely understand. T.T. Bowens is with us from the Bowie Bay Sox. T.T., I also wonder, like, when you you found out you're going up, now you're at the double-A level, and now, in a way, it almost feels like it starts to get real, right? And you've made some noise. Obviously, we saw 18 home runs in your first pro season. Does it start to feel like okay? It's I, I don't I don't know what the right term for this is, but I've I've got to fully get myself on the radar because I I, I can only be a prospect for so long. Like, does it start to get more real once you reach the double A level? Definitely, and um, you know I, I think it's the talent is is obviously very good, and you know they the talent at single a level is still very good mm-hmm. um but the difference you know you start the my first week here last week you know I, there was two or three guys i think maybe four on the altoona team that i was playing against that have played in the major leagues and you know this week i think they might have a couple guys that have you know played in the major league so it's once you you know being around those players and, and, and realizing, you know, like, wow, it's a, it's a lot closer than it seems, you know, especially playing in, in single A when, when the talent is still very good at that level. You know, you really don't see any guys who have played in the major league, guys, you know, that are 29, 30 years old that have played, you know, three, mm-hmm. four years in the majors mm-hmm. up and down from AAA, you know. You, you just don't see that at those levels. And um, I know I've been here for a short time, but I've already taken notice of that. TT, you know, I mentioned the power was there. Um, There's also been a lot of strikeouts, right? Um, Is it fair to say that that is a priority for you, is to level out some of those numbers? Or are you the type of player that says, look, man, if the power is there, I'm not going to worry too much about what the strikeout numbers are because the power will be what I know will get me to the major league level and – when, when you're hitting a bunch of bombs, teams are willing to live. We, we see it all the time. Joey Gallows of the world, right? Teams will live if the strikeout numbers are up as long as the power's there. Yeah, I mean, deep down, I, I don't think any player is okay with strikeouts. But, you know, that's definitely something we've worked on, like, is with the Orioles system is, you know, being consistent. You know, strikeouts will come. You know, obviously you want to limit them. Um but still, you know, prioritizing, you know, hitting the ball hard, being consistent with your at-bats. And, you know, strikeouts are going to happen. You know, you get a guy who is, is very good on the mound. And, you know, maybe you miss your one pitch that at-bat and you're stuck in a hole. Or, you know, the umpire, you know, gives him a call, you know, a ball off, ball or two off the plate. And, um, you know, you're walking back to the dugout. So they're going to come. They're, they're inevitable. Um, but it's just it's about limiting them and, you know, trying to, to be consistent. And, you know, as long as you're consistently squaring baseballs up and, you know, putting good at-bats together um, and, you know, not striking out, you know, three, four times a night, obviously. Um, just being a, being a productive hitter and a productive 
productive batter in the lineup. Oh, I I completely get it. Yeah, if if you're productive, they, certainly that's the way that it works. All right, uh, TT, we got to get to the important stuff with you. Uh, I, it, you got to tell me the story of what happened in the batting cages on this particular day, because you and I have never had the opportunity to talk about it. Um, how frequently does maybe like when we see a video where somebody has a ball come back and and hit him in the nuts? Let's just call it like what it is. <laughs> Um, what what occurred in the moment did you know that you were about to become a viral sensation? And how much do you still on a day-to-day basis, this is a couple years removed, how much do you still get flack about it when people see you somewhere? Oh, not only do I still get flack about it, I still have PTSD of that <laughs> every time I, I step in a cage. Um, <laughs> no, and the best part about that is, you know, I just, that was the first, I had just set my phone up to record some swings to take a look at them. And I think that was the second one that I took and instantly it happened. And the whole group of guys that I was with realized that I was recording. And right about then is when I knew that, okay, this is probably going to go viral <laughs> at to some extent, but, but yeah, that, uh, it's definitely a moment that has scarred me, to, to say the least. Okay, for that being said, though, was there anyone who, like, retweeted it or laughed about it on the internet that you, as as painful as it was, you were like, holy crap, I can't believe, you know, who have Snoop Dogg liked the video that I was in. Like, was there anything like that for as difficult as the video was where it created something cool that came from it? Uh, no, I, I don't think any, I didn't notice, like, any big public figures um, but I mean like Barstool and ESPN yeah. posted it and so, yeah, it was, you know, it, it did go viral, maybe not for the right reasons, but <laughs> right. you know, I guess, uh, any publicity is good publicity. How, okay. A number of hours until you felt okay again after that occurred. I, I'd say a good 24. Yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> By the way, most of us watching yeah. it. We're not okay for another 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I safe to say I cut that day pretty short. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. The funny part being, like, so I remembered, you know, after we found out you were, we were having you on, I was like, oh, right, yeah, I remember that. And then I was about to hit play again on the video, and I said, I can't do that to myself. I can't bring – I've seen it. I know what happens. I can't bring myself oh, yeah. to watch the video again. <laughs> It's too painful. Um, I, I want to know about uh, your your connection with Ryan Fuller. Um, I, that that's fascinating to me, right? Like, it's a it, wh- where does that come from, and what has been the significance of that relationship? And now knowing you're maybe not that far away from hooking up again. Yeah. So we're actually he's he's from the town over from me. Yeah. Um, and you know he he's he's a little older than me. I remember watching him play at, at UConn um, when I was a kid. Um, but then as I got older, uh, once he finished up baseball and kind of started getting into coaching, he would like help out with some, some camps and workouts that we would do when I was younger. Um, and then when he fully got into, you know, like next level hitting was when I was in college and that's, he was he was doing it out of a, a facility that was about 20 minutes away from where I lived. So I reached out to him, and I started hitting with him 
and um, I brought about two or three other kids from my college team with me, and we it was it was great. You wow. know, we kind of we we had known each other prior, but but not not too well. Um, so, but once we started hitting when I was in college, that's when we really kind of made a good connection. And I, the first day I hit with him, I never, never looked back. I mean, I knew he would, he would be the guy to go to for, for any hitting, hitting tips, advice, anything. Um, so I continued to hit with him for about three months. And uh, this was actually right. This was the winter of 2019 going into 2020. Um, so it was my last year of college. And this was before I I knew, obviously, if or where I was going to be playing right. at professionally. Um, and it was actually, he had just, I think when I was hitting with him, he wasn't with the Orioles. And then like a week into us hitting was when he accepted the job from the Orioles. Wow. Um, and then obviously that led into COVID and, you know, COVID, nobody really knew what was going on. And then, you know, we found out the draft was cut short. I think it was a week before the draft happened. Um, and so he was, I got the free agent offer after the draft from the Orioles. Um, but, you know, having that connection with him, um, I think was a, a big difference maker because I had already known, you know, what their hitting philosophies were, like what they really cool. taught, like what they wanted to work on and, and how they wanted to, to work with their players. So just by knowing that information alone and experiencing it with hitting with Ryan in the past, I, I had known that this would be an organization that I know would help me really grow and, and get better as a hitter. That's really cool, man. Like it's 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 a neat story and how that worked out and the opportunity for that to continue for um, him to impact you. That's a really big deal. And then um, yeah, I yeah. I, ha- I have to get to the bottom of this because I I saw that the guys on Masson said that T T Bowens is Thomas O'Neill Bowens, and they were confused by that. And admittedly, I'm confused by that as well. So we need to know where did T T come from. So it's actually it's Terry O'Neill. Terry, sorry, Bones. sorry, Terry O'Neill Bones. My apologies. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm it's still okay. confused no, by it though. Really it's okay. Um, so it actually, I'm I'm a junior. My father's so my father's Terry as well. Okay. And um, when I was a baby, my sister's three years older than me. Um, so when I was born, she was about three years old, and she she couldn't say Terry, so she would just always say. Titi. Okay. And so I, I, my family and friends started calling me that as a baby. And then by the time I was old enough to even know what was going on, um, I was, I was, everyone was just calling me Titi and that's what I was used to. And then it kind of just stuck. So my father was Terry and I was Titi and it was, it made everything easier, you know, not mixing up names, and it just never went away. Makes sense. It makes all the sense in the world now. That's good stuff. All right, uh, the Bay Sox are back home next week, starting on Tuesday night against Harrisburg. Events next week include Wolf Wednesday, as well as uh, celebrating with the uh, – 
Cangrejos Fantasmas de Chesapeake. With the cool uniforms next week. 90s night, beer dinner, kids run the bases. Find out more about all those events. Baysox.com. Um, TT, it's at Bowens underscore TT on Twitter and at TT Bowens underscore 24 on Instagram, correct? Yes. yes. Give him follow in those spots. Um, man, really enjoyed this. Thank you for taking the time this morning. Look forward to seeing uh, what's ahead for you. May, whatever it is that you've been doing for the last 10 days, may it continue for the next 20 years as a Baltimore <laughs> Oriole, man. Thank you for doing this this morning. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. T.T. Bowens uh, with the Bowie Bay Sox right now, uh, first base prospect in the Orioles system. Appreciate him taking the time for us. Enjoyed that conversation. And speaking of the Orioles system, can read more about all the talent that still exists in the Orioles system, despite the fact that Gunner and Adley and Grayson all got here to Baltimore. There's still lots to come. This pipeline primer issue of Press Box takes you through all of it. Pick it up for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Illustration of Jackson Holiday is on the cover, who continues to be white. You're going, when are you going to see Jackson Holiday? Tonight. You're going tonight to see Jackson Holiday. And are we going to start the... uh, Yeah, that's going to start this Sunday. This Sunday. Yeah, and then I'm going, uh, next week is Bowie. So Carson's going to be doing some fun TikTok stuff for us. And uh, I had an idea for – he presented a farm report idea, and I I wanted to expand upon it. And you'll see that on TikTok starting this week. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. But, again, go pick up that print issue of PressBox right now. All right. Uh, yeah, we're not going to take a break. We'll um, we'll just roll through, and you can give him a call in one minute. You can wait. And do hey, it. I'll wait until 11. Yeah, when no it problem. says 1130, you can give Jim Bowden the call. Um, I had, God, there was something I wanted to respond to this morning, and I've already forgotten was, oh, I need a little bit longer. Dave, I, I'll get into, Dave wanted to know what I thought about what Lamar Jackson said yesterday. So if you missed it, Lamar Jackson went, met with the media as the Ravens um, had their first OTA, official OTA. This wasn't football school. This was the official voluntary OTA session. And I did catch that Lamar said that he expects there to be more throwing and less running, which I think we would all expect to be the case. Like that, You don't go from Greg Roman to anyone. Greg Roman does the most running of anyone. So, yes, I'm going to assume that whoever it is, there would be more throwing and less running. To what level, I'm not sure. And, and that, you know, we can, we can talk more about that. I, I think it would be a mistake if the answer is you are trying to eliminate Lamar Jackson, the runner. I, I think that would be, I've said it a million times, I think it would be asinine. I think it would be insanity. But if the idea is let's spread things out and in the process create some more open lanes for Lamar Jackson, the runner, that makes all the sense in the world to me. That's exactly what I think a Todd Munkin offense should look like is spread it out, not too bad. expect to throw, but when it's not there, boy, look at what you have in front of, a, of you. You have Lamar Jackson, the runner, the one-of-one one skill set. So a- as long as that doesn't mean we are purposely trying to not have Lamar Jackson run, then i got no problem with it whatsoever. Uh, happened to catch this man on MLB Network Radio over the weekend, uh, and he was raving, gushing about the Baltimore Orioles, who, of course, coming off one of the better wins of the season last night in an explosive comeback win against the Yankees. 
you hear him on Sirius XM. Uh, you see his stuff at The Athletic and CBS Sports. He is former MLB GM Jim Bowden, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Jim, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to catch up. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Oh, my pleasure, Glenn. Uh, the Oriole Magic sure has been a lot of fun to man, watch you this year. Man, it, what a great sport baseball is, Jim. Like, two nights ago, the Orioles suffered one of the most deflating losses. And I said, it's the nature of baseball. You never know what the hangover effect of something like that is going to be. You're playing in New York against a Yankees team that's been red hot. You know, maybe there's a bit of a snowball effect. And then you turn around 24 hours later and have maybe your most emotional and exciting win of the season. My, like, it, it, this type of stuff can only happen in this sport. It doesn't happen anywhere else. Yeah, it really does happen in this sport, and it happens with teams that have that it factor, right? Mm-hmm. Teams that have that culture, that clubhouse cohesiveness, and it usually happens to the young teams that are that have been growing together, that are in the pinnacle of what they're going to do. You know, over the last couple of decades to be able to cover teams like the San Francisco Giants, Kansas City Royals, Chicago Cubs, Washington Nationals, watching all of those teams, Houston Astros, watching them all win world championships, but more importantly, watch how their teams were built and watch how important the farm system was and how the young core grew up together. And then all of a sudden they become contenders. And then all of a sudden, you know, you win world championships. And it's been really fun to watch the Orioles path because once they hired Mike Elias from Houston, he put in the exact blueprint that he was a part of in Houston and his ability to make the right draft picks especially in the first round, is a game changer. It's critical to be able to accomplish the blueprint, and he's done it. And someone would say, you know, hey, well, anybody could draft Adley Rutschman, right? Like, that's easy. I think the crazy part now is you're looking at Colton Kowser, who that was a criticized pick, and all of a sudden here he is on the cusp of the major leagues and everyone's buying into him. And Heston Kerstad, which was a criticized pick, and, you know, looked at for a moment, not by any fault of anyone's, but it looked like a wasted pick. Now all of a sudden here we are again believing that Heston Kerstad could be a viable middle-of-the-order major league bat. Like, making the number one pick, somebody might say, is easy, but the big thing that's jumping out is that these picks that weren't number one, that some people criticized or said, hey, you're – trying to save some cash and you shouldn't be doing that, they're looking like pretty good picks right now. Yeah, well, people can say that about first-round picks, but there's a little bit different when you actually do it. You didn't even mention probably the most important pick was Jackson Holiday sure. over Drew yeah. Jones, yep. with, when most of the industry would have taken Drew Jones. Um, Michael Elias knows hitters, and all you, all you have to do is look at the group they've got in Houston and understand a lot of that genesis came from Elias' uh, time there. So he knows what he's doing there. That's the point. And, and look, when you get to draft time, you know, you're going to have a media consensus. You're going to have a fan consensus. Um, but at the end of the day, the really good evaluators are not going to be with the pack. They're going to be behind the pack. They're not going to leak out what they think, what they know. They're just going to quietly make their picks. And then you make the judgment on them uh, after, you know, three to five years after these guys have performed. And Michael Elias gets an A-plus for the job that he and his staff have done in, in making their selections. And the other thing too, is, you know, he focused on position players. He focused on hitters where there's not as much risk. And some of the organizations that went the other way, Detroit Tigers, Kansas city Royals are, are just mirrored with bad teams Mm -hmm. because they all went pitching and the pitching didn't pan out because there's more risk with that. So uh, it's just been a tremendous job done. Now that being said, (laughs) now it's time for Mike Elias to show us that he can get the job done on the trade front. And so, 
you're not going to win a championship if the GM can't go sign the big free agent or go make the trade for that one starting pitcher that could put you over the top. So, you know, he really hasn't made any big trades yet. He really hasn't signed any big free agents yet, which is okay. But now the Orioles are good enough. They are a playoff team. They're good enough to go as far as they go. But do they have enough starting pitching in October? You know, I would argue no, although I think Grayson Rodriguez will be a better pitcher in the second half. I think John Means has a chance. If he comes back from Tommy John and throws harder, he's got a chance to be a guy as well. So it's not that they may not have it, but it, but this team begs to me that you need to be the one team that gets to the trade deadline and gets the very best starting pitcher that ends up getting traded. You need to be that guy. So we'll see what Mike can do at the deadline, but he's certainly on the clock in 2023 for the first time. So uh, Jim Bowden, a reminder, is a talk show host now, and so he knew exactly where the next places were that I wanted to go in this conversation. Um, Jim, I, it's it's fascinating to me because it is it's starting to get very real. Like you're in this thing, you have a chance. I I still don't I don't know that it's reasonable to think that the Orioles can turn themselves into a World Series contender because the profile of a World Series contender to me is a couple of top real top notch starting pitchers. Take knowing we still don't know exactly what's going to be available. Like we all think that Corbin Burns could be available, even though the Brewers can be in it, but. What could be available, what the actual cost is, if you're the Orioles, are you willing to consider rentals, or does it have to be someone that's got more control? How are you approaching this if you're Mike Elias at this point? Well, number one, you're not going to trade the core. So in order to go get that pitch, we're not doing Kerstat, we're not doing Kowser, we're not doing, you know, Holiday. So, I mean, understand that. But the system's deep enough that you still have a chance to outbid. Now, what becomes available, obviously, determines how much you're willing, how far you're willing to go. I mean, certainly if Milwaukee were to fall out of it, Corbin Burns certainly would be an exciting name to, to look at. But, you know, the White Sox perhaps will have Lucas Giolito and or Lance Lynn that could get traded if the Cubs aren't in it. And Marcus Stroman, all likelihood, is going to opt out of his deal. Yeah. He could be available. He would be a difference maker as well. So, look, there's pitchers there, but to your point, and it's, and it's true, we're, we're really not going to know until late July, not mid-July, but late July, who possibly could get moved. But, you know, that's why you got to be doing your homework and you got to be ready and you got to be there ready to pull the trigger. Now, in terms of this Orioles team, um, you know, look, they're going to be in a race all year with Tampa Bay and the Yankees. And I would think Toronto's not going to go away either. That's my own opinion. They haven't played well. Uh, but I don't think they're going to go away. Uh, but that being said, you know, once you get into the dance, we've seen too many times anything can happen, right, in, in baseball. I've covered wild card teams that have won championships, including the Royals and the Giants. So, I mean, it does happen if you get in. You know, and again, I mean, certain things have to go right, right? Like Grayson Rodriguez, all of a sudden, the second half, a light yep. goes on. And he becomes the ace he can be. John Means comes back and boom, he's the number two. And Tyler Wells, what he's doing now is real. And all of a sudden, you got three solid starters. You got two guys in the back end that if you lead after seven, you win. And you've got an offense that can hit with anybody. I mean, when you talk about Mullins and Mountcastle and Hayes and Rutschman and Santander and Henderson hasn't even gotten going yet, he will. And you got two other outfield bats that are going to be there by August. So you're in a really good position. So you go get that one trade that one player and anything can happen so you know i wouldn't you know last year i looked at the orioles and said good stepping stone you're heading in the right direction but you're not ready you're not there 
this year, I'm looking at this team, having watched it for basically two months, and I'm saying this is a playoff team. My expectations are you're going to get in. If you don't get in, this year's a failure. So my expectations are not only you're good enough to get in, but you, you need to get in. And I, I think this group will find a way to get in. It may be as a wild card team, or it could be a division winner. It, it's but so- my point is, you're, you're you're still you're still a trade away or a free agent away from me for me telling you that I think they're at the level of a team like the Braves or the Dodgers or the Astros. It, it sounds like you're saying that you would consider a you know, a rental, that even if you can't get the guy locked up, that it's worth it. Again, if it doesn't cost you sure. you know, one of these guys that we're talking about, if, it, if the cost is lesser, that to get you to whatever that next thing is, that you would even still consider someone who's a pending free agent at the deadline. Well, I would, I would because I think you have a window now. I think yeah. you're there. I think you're in the window. I don't think we have to wait. I mean, it's going to keep getting better, and it's sustainable. That's the exciting part. But if there's a piece out there, you know, without without breaking up any of the core, you know, that's on the Major League team or the core that's coming, but you have enough beyond that to be able to out-trade what other people have anyway. So that that's my point. So, yeah, I mean, this, I, this team's really good and only going to get better. I mean, that's the point. I mean, Gunnar Henderson's hitting, what, 200 and something? Um, and this kid, and, this kid's and, a and he's player. trending up. He's trending. We've seen it in the last couple. Obviously, the huge double last. Yeah, night. he'll go off. Yeah, right. I mean, this is, a, this is a great player. I mean, he, he's gonna go off. Just like Grayson Rodriguez is gonna figure it out. It's just hard. Like when you're Grayson Rodriguez and you're developing and coming through the system, you can throw a fastball down the middle of the plate and get a strikeout. You, you so so you're pitching a certain way your whole life. Then you get to the big leagues, and that particular pitch, if you don't put it exactly where you want to put it, gets hit. Yep. So then you have to go through that adjustment period of, oh, crap, that pitch got everybody else out my whole life, but now I'm facing hitters, quite frankly, on a nightly basis I've never faced before. And, boy, my command and control has to be that much better. But, I mean, we're still talking to a guy with 50 strikeouts and 42 innings, right? Yep, so yep. he's going he's gonna to figure out he's going to keep getting better. And I think John Means is a sleeper. I, I, I hope people don't sleep on if Means is okay, and I don't know the health, and I was sure. going to throw, sure. but a lot of guys come back from TJ and they bump up two or three miles an hour. Imagine if he bumps up two or three with the stuff he's got in his pitchability. No, mm-hmm. it's a top of the rotation guy. Jim Bowden is with us. Two things I wanted to point out. One, I do remember that you promised me that Gunnar Henderson was a future batting champion, so we're still going to hold you to that at yes. some point. And then two, yeah, it's going to uh, happen. Yep. Uh, uh, the Grayson Rodriguez thing. I think we in the last twenty-four hours he told the Baltimore Sun that they discovered he was tipping pitches. And so, like, hopefully that goes a long way into seeing a more, you know, fixing that, a more consistent Grayson Rodriguez. Um, Jim, if I could, there, there are two names. I, everybody's talked about the Orioles extending Adley, but something has struck me in the last month that if they're not ready to do that yet, and we can come back to that conversation, I feel like they could accomplish something by getting something done with Cedric Mullins. I came into this year with still question marks about what Cedric Mullins' future was with the Baltimore Orioles because of his age, because he'd be a free agent after 30, and I, and I just didn't know about the consistency. I think we all know at this point he's never going to be a 30-home run guy again. That's not going to happen. But the totality of what he brings to the table for this team, the way he's improved against lefties this season, the runners in scoring position has been otherworldly. The range in the outfield, the speed on the base paths, I think the Orioles could go a long way towards, you know, accomplishing something with this fan base and also 
committing to a player that's worthy of it as a leader, as all those things, by doing a five-year deal with Cedric Mullins right now, who I think, again, given the fact that he wouldn't be a free agent until after 30, would have reason to want to take a more team-friendly deal. Where are you with Cedric Mullins and whether that makes make sense for the Birds at the moment? Oh, absolutely, 100%. He's 20 homers, 30 steals every year. That's what he is. Plus, plus defender in the outfield. Love the energy he brings. I'm with you 100%. But here's the thing. Please don't have this conversation until November. Okay. I, I, don't want any, I, don't, I don't want to talk to Rutschman. I don't want to talk to Mullins. I don't want to talk to anyone until November. I do not want to do anything to have any kid on the, any player on this team be thinking about a contract on any night. Every game is going to be critical in this division. It's the best division in sports right now. Yeah, any, anybody can win. Every game's going to be critical. I don't want your mind to waver. So let's just let's play this season out. And That's then, yes, I agree with Moses. Now, in terms of Rutschman, Rutschman, the, the Angelos just have to understand what's in front of them because we're talking about a generational player yep. that's going to be doing things that other humans can't do. This is the best catcher on planet Earth and is going to be for a decade. And this is a guy you could put him at first and, and he'd, he'd be a beast. But this is a... 40% guy, he's a leader, he's a winner, he's going to be the face of your franchise, and this contract's going to have a three in front of it. Yep. And you just got to accept You got to accept it early on, accept the pain, and understand it's worth the investment. You don't want to have to deal with this issue, and it's only going to get more expensive. All you got to do is look at the history, the last 30 years in Major League Baseball, and look at where salary goes. And, you know, I mean... <laughs> I'm just telling you, you just you want you want to do it early in the career. You you don't want these contracts like the Padres are doing, where they're giving these guys the money 35 to 41 years old mm-hmm. when they're not going to be performing because nobody does. And I, I I don't care. So I want to do it now, young. And I would do Gunnar Henderson now. I wouldn't wait till he does it. When he does it, it's only going to cost more. I, I would I would do it at the end of this year before he's done it. You got you because got- he, 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 he he's a sure thing. This is the Braves concept, you know, like this is this is, the yeah. you know, as much yeah, as you're trying to be it. the Houston Astros. Now you're looking and saying that the next phase is to try to be the Atlanta Braves because they're the team that was aggressive in this way. And it's worked out really well for them. Before I let you go, Jim, could I just for, for the sake of fun? I don't think there's a chance in hell that it's going to happen. But just for the fun of the conversation okay. I, right now, the Angels are playing too well for it to even be. But if they were to go into a patented Angels early summer nosedive. What would a rental Shohei Otani cost on the trade market? Like, what would that look like? You, 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 you can't do it. I would okay. tell Michael Elias not to do it. Okay. I would tell Michael Elias if you want to, if you want to do Shohei Otani, then then have the Angelos family get with them in November mm-hmm. and and do your play. But don't pay the trade price that it's going to take. Okay. Because all those good core guys we're talking about, it's going to it's not worth it. Because you, you, Baltimore can win World Championships going forward with the, the position players they have in their system now without going to get another superstar, if they can just maintain what they have. So I, I just think it would be a mistake. Now to have Otani, obviously total game changer, your number one starter, but I, I wouldn't do it for, as a rental. It's mm-hmm. not worth the two months when you built a franchise that has seven years sustainability right now. I, I am inclined to agree. And I, I just, but the only thing I can say is that, like, you know, the Orioles once upon a time got basically nothing for Manny Machado, right, as a rental player. I just never know exactly right. what the cost of a rental player is going Otani's to be. Di- uh, yeah, but Otani's yeah. Oh, different I know. Yeah. because Otani's an ace in the middle yeah. of the order, and he does everything. Yeah. And if you look at the Soto deal, which was one of the greatest trades ever made by a selling team that Washington did, mm-hmm. the package they got for Soto was ridiculous. There's no way Perry Manasian could trade – Otani without getting a package at least that. Yep. 
I get that. I completely understand. All right, Jim, uh, what all can we plug for you? You're the busiest man in this business. Uh, you don't need to plug anything. Just go Orioles. I, Oriole I, Magic. It's I, good I for baseball. love that. Let's plug that every day. We'll still plug at right? Jim Bowden GM on Twitter is the best place to follow him. Always appreciate you taking the time for us, sir. Thanks, Thanks so much man. for doing this. Have a great weekend. You as well. Jim Bowden with us here on GCR. Um, you know, it's interesting. He's I, I, I've said this week I'm probably out on rentals altogether. And if the point is, yeah, be out on rentals, unless you're doing the rental for a lesser cost. Now, the question is, what are you getting in a rental for a lesser cost? Like, what are you getting in a rental if all you're giving up is, and I hate even putting names out there because it's unfair, if all you're giving up is Judd Fabian, what can you get for that? So if you're getting the rental of a bullpen arm, Somebody would say right now, is that what you need? Well, it never hurts to have another bullpen arm. And the Orioles, while they are healthy at the moment, like Arias withstanding, and I know Tate hasn't made his debut, they're still largely healthy. There will be other injuries that will pop up. So if the rental is for, you know, a a, a bat off the bench, a bopper, a plus Ryan O'Hearn, yeah, you could probably do that for a lesser cost. Like a Solaire if the Marlins are sellers at the deadline. Or the White Sox, like an Andrew Vaughn type. Mm, oh, uh, Vaughn, I think, would be... That, a little more. That would be a little bit more. And Vaughn's not... Or is, I, I don't, Vaughn's got to be under contract for some time. Yeah, I'm talking about... Time. That's a different... Like, just want a rental. I, I'm, rental. I'm saying... That, like, I'm all in on guys that have contracts beyond this season, right? Like, let's talk about that. Because you believe that you have a window that goes beyond this season. You believe that you have a championship competitive and you see this guy as part of it next year right correct so that's why corbin burns has always been so fat i think we started thinking about corbin burns in january or whenever it was the first time that the idea was floated out that milwaukee even if they're in it milwaukee's such a unique team where they're thinking even if we're in it we might try to maximize get whatever we can for corbin burns and try to find something else right like that's the way that they operate as a franchise because they don't want to be a big market team but they're trying to continue their window. They want to figure out a way to do both things. And I, by the way, I thought that the Orioles might look into being that type of team at some point where they could be equally as interested in bringing in Major League help as they could be in spinning off. If at some point Colton Cowser gets here and they think they have redundancy between, say, Mount Castle and Santander, they might start looking at whether or not they could move Santander to also acquire pieces. And you would say, well, why would you do that? Because they're trying to do a little bit of everything. Like, in their mind, well, we'll have Heston Kerstad here next year. So, you know, if we've got Kerstad in the middle of the order and Mountcastle in the middle of the order, what are we doing with Santander at that point? We've got one too many outfield bats right now, so we've got, they've got to be thinking along those lines. I, uh, I'm all for guys that have time. The fact that Burns has another year past this year makes him very intriguing. Now, again, what are you giving up? I have come around to the idea that maybe Jordan Westberg's never an Oriole, right? Like, I don't think that's the case, and at some point, we're, the Mateo conversation is only going to get louder. I just think that right now they'd be inclined to say, well, when Arias gets back, if we're moving on from Mateo as an everyday player, it's because Joey Ortiz is going to be the shortstop for the short term. He's done everything right. 
mean, like, what what more could you ask of Joey Ortiz in this cameo that he has made at the major league level, other than he has showed exactly why everyone raved about him defensively for forever and said he was the best defensive player of all of this crop of middle infield talent that the Orioles had, and he's not been a zero as a hitter. Like, part of the conversation that we had was, yeah, but if he's all defense, what do we do with that? Well, he hasn't been all defense. He has been a legitimate you know, hitter as well. So I say legitimate. I don't want to oversell that either. I don't want to be careful about that. But he has been, he's gotten hits. And if Joey Ortiz can be a 250 hitter playing that level of defense, he's a baseball player. I don't think he's your long-term shortstop. I think we all know that Jackson Holiday is likely to be the long-term shortstop. But the question becomes then, what is Jordan Westberg? Because to me, Joey Ortiz can bridge you to Jackson Holiday, particularly because it looks like Jackson Holiday could be here as early as next summer. And then again, where's the role for Westberg? Is Westberg ultimately going to be your second baseman? Or is he more valuable as a trade ship? As the guy that is a viable, every other team in baseball would want in order to land you something, when you also recognize that you maybe don't necessarily have a committed role for Jordan Westberg. So if the Brewers said, well, Westberg's a star, we'll do Burns for a Westberg package, then it becomes fascinating. It's your first real test of this. You get a guy in Corbin Burns who's been a legitimate top-of-the-rotation type of pitcher. You get him for the rest of this year and next year. Is that worth it for Jordan Westberg? You know, obviously you'd say, well, I'd like to have Burns longer than that. Eh, let's be practical. Until we see the Orioles start spending that type of money, I don't think we can assume that they're going to spend that type of money. Now, I hope that they will. Because clearly, if you could get five more years of Corbin Burns, you would say, absolutely worth doing. Tricky conversation when it's only a year and a half that you're talking about. And Burns hasn't been as dominant this season as we've seen you know, that's the other part of the, the trouble of having that conversation. I'm only talking about him because he's the guy that we have reason to believe can be available. That's just the way that the Brewers operate. 397 is where his ERA sits now. That's not top of the – that's not ace the way that we've come – you've been used to Corbin Burns being an ace in baseball. He's been you know one-two whip. It's not like he's been terrible. I haven't looked at uh, Giolito's. What's Giolito been doing? It's They're coming around a little bit. I know that. Well, that would change that conversation, obviously, yeah. a great deal. That's part of the issue. Is I mean, they're still like 19 and 30. Right. But part of the con- like We all want to talk about this because I think we're all feeling the exact same thing. You're two months in. The Orioles are real. But you also know there's a separation between what the Orioles are and what they would need to be in order to win a World Series. Now, what closes that gap? I also do know that Lance Lynn's been solid the last uh, few times out. I don't know his do what's know Lance Lynn's contract situation. The, all That's those things. Cra- I haven't spent a lot of time on Lance Lynn, if I'm being fair. Um, I'll look at Giolito if you. All right, you look at Giolito. Lance Lynn for the numbers this season. Lance Lynn as a okay. He's he's not been good. <laughs> you might be right about him being good the last couple times out, but if for the he's for the season as a whole, he's been dreadful. One four six whip, six point two eight ERA. Yeah, Giolito's three and three, three six two, one one whip. Yeah, I mean that's last time out, six innings, one earned. Then we got a six innings, four earned. But then seven innings, one earned, six innings, one earned. So it's it's he's been solid. 
So. Uh, Lance Lynn, to your point, over his last two starts has been much better. Uh, he's given up three total earned runs over his last 13 innings and his last two starts with 13 strikeouts. And in those games, he's put, uh, we're looking at 13, yeah, 13 men on base. So a 1-0 whip. But that's two starts that we're talking about. Right. Now that's that's L- recent. Lance right. Lynn's that smells more like the type of guy that if you can get him for your throwaway, for the prospects that aren't all that relevant to you, if you can get him for something like that, yeah, sure. sure, by all means. But you're not giving up something legitimate. No. Unless, again, Lance Lynn goes, if this continues for another two months and you get to the end of July and he is pitching like a legitimate top-of-the-rotation type of pitcher. But Giolito you give up a little bit more for. Sure. I also have to see, again, I didn't look at contract for either one of those guys. Yeah, I didn't Lance Lynn is the problem with me and not studying up beforehand. Uh, Lance Lynn is sitting at, sorry, you're just watching me check the Internet right now. That's got to be fascinating. Uh, Lance Lynn has a club option for next season, an $18 million club option for next year. And Giolito's on a one-year $10.4 million deal. He's on... Says as of... He signed it on January 13th. But is that, that sounds like a, to avoid arbitration. Yes, that was to... Uh, oh, yeah, I didn't read too... See? Yeah. Yeah, this is his final year of arbitration, so they're both free agents. There you go. Well, I mean, one's a club option, the other... Yeah. Giolito's a free agent. This is his final arbitration year. So... That would be a rental for Giolito. So what would you be willing to part ways? Jim Bowden says you should be willing to consider rentals because your window could be now. I've said that before. It's easy to say your window is the next couple of years, and this isn't your window. But we kind of felt that way about the Cubs the year they won the World Series. We didn't really feel like that was their window necessarily. We thought it was the start of their window to win World Series. Well, as it turns out that's the only one they won, right? Like, they didn't get back after that. So... Sometimes you think that you're on the front end. You think you're early. But history could tell you it was your chance. That was your opportunity with that core group of players in order to crack through. You were never able. Injuries, whatever whatever it might be. We all thought the 2014 was the Orioles' year. And then all of a sudden, Manny Machado gets hurt, Chris Davis gets suspended, and a team that probably should have competed to go. I mean, I certainly don't think they get knocked taken care of as easily by the Royals if they've got those guys on the field. Changes everything. So you can say, hey, we really think 2024 is the year. We think 2025 is the year. But you have no idea what's going to happen between now and then. Knock on every piece of wood that the guys that matter don't get hurt. So it might be that this year ultimately is your is your crazy best chance. It might be that this is the year that you should be going crazy for it. I understand why it doesn't make as much sense as trying to go for next year, because next year you can start to project and say, well, Jackson Holiday could be here next year. Like, Heston Kerstad could be here next year. You could have Kalzer, Kerstad, Westberg, and later in the season, Holiday, all in the majors, if they continue on this progression. You could have upgraded at multiple positions. So it starts to seem even more appealing to think about next year. There's not really more pitching prospects coming. I mean, D.L. Hall, we'll see if D.L. Hall works his way back into the rotation for the Orioles at some point. I know a lot of people believe he's going to end up being a reliever, but maybe he could bolster you in some way. But starters, like Povich, is that, that's time. Like, you know, that's, that's a couple of years. Maybe. I mean, like, you could start doing the math. That could be next year. But also it's the question of those guys aren't thought of as sure thing right. major league starting they're pitchers. Prospects. They're, pros- they're, they're, they're prospects. guys that have a chance, but they're not viewed by scouts as definite major league starting pitchers. 
Interesting. Very interesting. All right. Uh, winding down for hour number two of today's show. Today's show has also been brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Get there right now. Because we're offering you new sports bettors, the best sign-up bonuses and promos from the seven legal online sports books here in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $10 bet or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers and sign up today. Um, I'm guessing you probably didn't prepare a tidbit. I did. Oh, you did. Look at you, Carson Weekly. No tubular. I didn't know what That's to do fine. That. I've got that taken care of. No problem. Well, we'll come back in and do those things. Carson, showing up, getting the job done I just done got a today. big strikeout. Look at that. Yeah, it's a, you ended the, the if, seventh with a massive yeah, if, two runners on base. And I threw a nasty slider. Right. That's beautiful. We'll do that. Well, we'll see how good the tidbit is before we say anything like that. We'll do that next. Glenn Clark Radio. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. And Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com The All-America Senior Game powered by New Balance will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. We are winding down for a Thursday edition of the program. Glenn Clark Radio brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma 
to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. We are winding down. and Oh, you know what, Carson? Before we do Tidbit, there was only one. I, I play uh, trivia every Monday night. Okay. And there was only one sports, and I didn't get it in with Griffin, so I'll give it to you instead. It was Sounds a, good. A very easy one. I always hate that when, because you know, I'm the sports guy, mm-hmm. and it's unfair because they also did a visual round. They do a visual round every week, and this year the visual round included, it's where they just put a picture of somebody up and you got to figure out who it is. Uh, this week's visual round included. It was the theme was 2023 newsmakers, mm-hmm. and they put up pictures of Bob Huggins and Angel Reese. Okay. And I'm not sure that everybody. If you're not like a bigger sports fan, I'm not sure that the casual person got those. So I I guess that was a bonus. Uh, also, one of them was Josh Harris, and I didn't even get that one because how would I know what right. Josh Harris looks like? How in the world would I know what the uh, future owner of the Washington Football Fellers? Uh, looks I, like. I couldn't tell you either what he looks like. Uh, the only legitimate sports question, however, was who was the last non-quarterback to be NFL MVP? Do you have a year? Uh, 2012, if I remember correctly. I'll double-check on that. Okay. That's non-quarterback to be NFL MVP. Adrian Peterson? It was, of course, Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Of course it was, and it was 2012. Of course it was Adrian Peterson. The funny thing was, like, I said it out loud, and I'm like, that's no, right. I, I right? thought about it too. No, same. Like, honestly, at first you had me like, ah, yeah, I, I don't, don't know. I was not as like I said it immediately. I'm like Adrian Peterson, and I'm like, it's definitely Adrian Peterson, right? And then I'm like going back, like, when did Chris Johnson run for two thousand yards? Was he MVP that year? Like doing going through the, mm-hmm. I'm like, no, yeah, that was like oh nine, right? It's Adrian Peterson. What are we doing here? That's definitely the answer. Uh, so yeah, that was the only sports-related question of trivia, which was a bummer because when you've got a sports guy on, you know, you like getting yeah, a little bit. You more expect of a to be like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm at least going to get all the sports ones. Correct, correct. And you then like, I hope I can just stay afloat with the other ones and maybe win this. Thing. Yes, exactly. Like somebody, I'll, I'll, like, for example, you get a question like this: What is the hot corner, also known as? Oh, and, okay. Well, yeah, so. You and I, of course, but the average person in the bar. Might be like what? Is that the right? hot corner. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Right? Like I've never. Now maybe if they said, "What's the hot corner?" Also known as in baseball, then people maybe it would trigger something yeah, and they sure. would figure that out, right? So I just like it when there's a little bit more of a difficult question that fewer people might get because then we have a bit of an advantage. You can weed out. You can yes, weeds out just in those circumstances. Person. Tidbit is brought to you today by A.J. Michaels, expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels. Heating, A.C., plumbing, and home performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is coming up fast. New rebates and discounts are available. More at AJMichaels.com. What you got, Carson? All right, so uh, last season, the longest uh, consecutive game home run streak was Mike Trout. He had seven games in a row where he had a home mm-hmm. run. Well, uh Young gun for the Cubs, right. Chris Morrell. We were talking, we were talking last about night, him, yes. But he had five games in a row where he had a home run. So uh-huh. I was wondering, Glenn, and you these are names you'll know. How about, could you give me the top six Cubs franchise leaders in all-time home runs? Uh, top six Cubs yeah, franchise yeah, yeah, leaders. Yeah, Cubs franchise leader in home runs, the top six. You would know all these names. All right. Uh, I assume Ernie Banks. Yep, he's number two. Uh, I'll assume Andre Dawson. 
Believe it or not, he's all the way down at 14th. Derek Lee actually has more than he does. Well, I mean, it's a ten, it's that's you know he wasn't yeah. he didn't. I just thought that he was it was long enough that he would have been able to crack the list. How many seasons did Andre Dawson play in Chicago? I can find that up. Andre Dawson right played in Chicago from 87 to 91. Yeah, he only got four years in there. But you know, okay, so he had a 49 home run season. That's the part maybe I didn't know. He had the 49 home run season, the crazy, the MVP season, 87. After that. He only had one thirty-year home run season, so so I guess that does check out because Derek Lee was there for quite a while. So yeah, that checks right. out. Um, Rizzo, yep, Rizzo's number six. How many am I trying to get? Remind Just me? the top six, and you already got the number two spot, uh, Ernie Banks, and then you got the six spot, Rizzo. So it's everything in between that I got to come yep, up with. Yeah, you're looking at one. Uh, three, I'll go four, with five. longevity reasons. Ryan Sandberg. Is Ryan on Sandberg list. is on there at number five. Again, not a prodigious. Only 282. That's but the thing. Yeah. He's not a prodigious home run hitter, but again, longevity being the difference in that one. Yep. Um, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant is at 15. Only 160 for him. It's a little surprising, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say. I mean. Boy, if Chris Bryan didn't make the list. You got one that's pre, they're all pre-2000. Right. Oh, now, matters. okay. Okay, that does change a lot. And you've got two Hall of Famers and all then right, one all that's. All right, all right, settle down. You don't have to give me everything. You don't have to give I'm me, a, settle down over there. Mark Grace, longevity. Mark Grace is number 16, just behind yeah, Chris Yeah, he's Bryant. not a, wasn't a big home run hitter. I just mm-hmm. thought the longevity would work in there. Um, uh, uh, Ron Santo. Ron Santo is on there, number four, 337 all time. Okay. How about Billy Williams? Billy Williams is number three. So I got the two Hall of Fame. Yep. So you just need number one now. When I thought you said Banks was number one. Banks is number two. Number two. Sorry. You so just I need, need the number most one. home run, most Cubs franchise history. Before 2000. And then. Hang on a second. Yeah. Hang on. Don't say anything. I'm Don't. Not gonna, I'm not going to say anything. I'm. I'm just going to let you. Oh, Sammy Sosa. Yeah, there you go. Sammy Sosa. There what you am I go. doing there here? You go. Sammy Sosa. There you go. Yeah. With 5:45. And it's kind of a trick because you know he's not a Hall of Famer. Like, I, yeah. I get it. I get it. I don't know why I was. Yeah. 5:45, like and then Banks not too far behind at 5:12. Then there's quite a drop off. Uh, yeah. Billy Williams only at 3:92. But yeah, right. two uh, two guys in the 500 club. All right. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Tubular brought to you today by PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. Sign up right now to win four tickets to all of the area's minor league baseball teams, plus an Easy Pass Maryland on-the-go transponder preloaded with $25 and $50 gas card from Royal Farms. It's all available right now. PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. You must be 18 or older in order to sign up. Orioles-Yankees, Game 3, rubber match tonight, 7 o'clock on Masson. Kyle Gibson and Clark Schmidt, the pitching matchup. Uh, Maryland in Big Ten baseball tournament action. They are in the winner, or they won their first game. So they can eliminate Nebraska tonight, 7 o'clock on Big Ten Network. Uh, the Heat try again to eliminate the Celtics and advance to the NBA Finals, Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals, tonight at 8.30 on TNT. ESPN as the Golden Knights try to sweep out the Stars and advance to face the Panthers in the Stanley Cup Final. Game 4 tonight, 8 o'clock in the Western Conference Finals. Um, everything else, go to glennclarkradio.com. Uh, if you want to watch Michael Block. John from Little Rock was going off about Michael Block. It was a, uh, what the hell did my John from Little Rock was going in on? Michael, America's sweetheart, Michael Block. John from Little Rock said, what the hell did he say? I was like, what are, what are we? Oh, Block was an all-time look-at-me guy. He's a club pro and has been in numerous PGA tournaments. His act was a bit much. 
all the crying was over the top. <laughs> I saw that come up on Tweet Deck. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, John. <laughs> I don't mind a hot take every now and then. That one's a bit too much for me, bro. That one is a bit too much for me. Guy was competing in the in the PGA Championship, playing with Royal Rory McIlroy and hitting in a hole in one. That's a pretty big deal, dude. I don't think that it was over the top. I think you might be doing a heel bit. I don't know what's going on there. Really, really weird. Uh, anyway, yeah, the, his he's playing in the, the Charles Schwab Challenge in round one of that today at four o'clock on the Golf Channel. Uh, Non-sports is even weaker tonight. The I Survive Bear Grills show is on TBS at 9. BattleBots on Discovery at 8. You can find it all at glennclarkradio.com. Carson, thank you for your hard work today. Well done, sir. I tried. I tried real hard. You did your damnedest, and I appreciate that. Where uh, where should people be following you on social? At Carson Ware, uh, ev- everything. All okay. right. And, of course, you'll be uh, helping us out on TikTok. That's right. Yeah, this Glenn Sunday Clark Radio. we'll have yep. the first thing up, and then Look I'll be back in here uh, Tuesday. Looking forward to it. Um, thanks today to Drew Forrester. Thanks to Jim Bowden. Thanks to T.T. Bowens from the Bay Sox. We'll get all that up in the greatest hit section of the Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Well done. Well done. That was my best Griffin impersonation. That's not bad. For those wondering. Stan the Fan will be in tomorrow. Um, also, our buddy Zach Goodman from the Bat Around will be hanging out with us. And tomorrow we'll be joined. We'll make two other uh, trips to the minors as we've got Delmarva and Aberdeen tomorrow. I believe Jared Beck and uh, Baltimore's own Max Costas will be joining us tomorrow. And we'll uh, check in with Nuggets color analyst Scott Hastings on the show tomorrow as well. Talk a little bit more about uh, former Loyola standout Michael Malone, the head coach of the Nuggets. All right. Very good. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including A.J. Michaels, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, All-American Lacrosse, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks still to Griffin. He did book the show at Griffin underscore Bass is how you follow him. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks.